If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this motherfucking episode of Mind Pump. Oh, shit, son. For the first half of the show, we do our current events conversation. We talk about testicular scares. Yeah, that is scary. Not scars. Yeah. Just scares. getting his balls fundled. It was fundled. Amen. Not fundled. <laughs> that doctor. You don't want him fundled or fundled. Listen to the episode and find out what fundling is. <laughs> you don't want him Awkward. We talk about the new false information law bill that um, California is trying to pass. Bullshit. Suck it. We're talking about Peter Pan syndrome. A $250,000 airline ticket. Gone bad. That huh? actually lost the company money. What a horrible Millions. idea. We talk about Butcher Box. We had a barbecue this weekend. Uh, Butcher Box, a new sponsor for us. The highest quality meat you can find oh delivered my God, it's on tasty. planet Earth. Your door. We got this crazy deal for our listeners only. Here's what you get if you go through our link. Free bacon. Two ribeyes. Wait, I'm done. $10 off your order and free shipping on what? your first order. Rumor has it that's better than Joe Rogan's. Yeah, up. they'll hook you up. All you got to do is go to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump and sign up and you'll get Just all saying. of that stuff for free. We also talk about my monthly fasting and how I break my fast with bone broth and Organifi gold juice. That's right. Mm. Blend them together. Put it together. Now, here's the deal. I can't sign off on here's this one yet, crew. I can't I don't sign have off a, on this yet. I don't have the a problem. The science is there. The taste, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good comment. It doesn't taste bad, but here's the deal. You don't have to drink them together, but the gold juice uh, is great to add in your post-fast feeding, maybe one, one or two meals later after your first meal, because of the anti-inflammatory properties that are found in Organifi Gold Juice. If you go to OrganifiShop.com and enter the code... Mind Pump, you'll get a massive discount on all of their products, including the gold juice. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, with the use of anabolic steroids growing among female competitors, what are the effects that some of these women are getting? What are the short-term and long-term consequences of taking steroids for women? Well, one of them is you get a small dick. Find out the rest in this episode. That's a real thing. That's right. The next question was, uh, what are the best basic exercises to show beginners that could benefit just about any anyone. This is a tough one for us to answer because we're personal trainers and we know how different person individuals are from each other. So we talk a lot about correctional exercise, and that's probably where you want to start. Now, we also mentioned Prime and Prime Pro, the MAPS programs designed specifically to address uh, muscle imbalances to correct function. Great if you're a personal trainer. Those are valuable tools to train your clients You can find those at mindpumpmedia.com. The next question was, do our significant others ever get upset with some of the stuff that we talk about on the show? I couldn't imagine anybody getting upset. Could it lead to a divorce? What? It did. It did. (laughs) Real life. Finally, uh, how would you prime your body before sex? Wow. Maybe the best or most important question ever asked, Justin. We Uh, give specific... Yeah. Techniques and movements. I actually gave myself away. Including uh, yeah, I'm pissed about this. Including Justin's chub pump move. <laughs> the uh, good old chub pump. It's 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 quite effective. Yeah. Finally, this month, it's April. Guess Woo-hoo-hoo! what you guess what you get for free. Oh, and you know, I think summer's around the corner, right? We got a couple we got we got like a couple months and then 
it's real hot outside and you need, and you need to look sexy. Oh my god, it's shirt off weather. So you get started right now. So we're giving away the No BS six pack formula for free. This is a Maps program designed just for your midsection, just for your core, just for your abs and obliques. You get it for free if you enroll in any of our Maps bundles. Now Maps bundles are where we combine two or more Maps programs together and then we cut the price by twenty or thirty percent off, including our most popular bundle, which is our Super Bundle. The MAP Super Bundle is one year of exercise programming, all planned out and scheduled out for you. Enroll in that bundle or any other bundle. Get the No BS six-pack formula for free. If you want information on individual MAPS programs, here's a quick, very fast rundown. Maximum strength, maximum muscle development. That's MAPS Anabolic. Mm. If you want to sculpt and shape your body, achieve more symmetry, or compete on stage, that's MAPS Aesthetic. Get sexier. If you want athletic performance or functional strength and functional performance, that's MAPS Performance. Bigger, stronger, faster. If you want to be able to work out without equipment, so let's say you work out at home or on the road, that's Fuck MAPS. Fuck the gym. That's MAPS Anywhere. Again, uh, I talked about this earlier. If you want a program to help you correct imbalances, take care of your pain in your shoulders, your knees, your hips, your ankles, your back. Get your shit together. Or you're a personal trainer and you want tools you can use for your clients. That's Maps Prime and Prime Pro. You can find all of this at mindpumpmedia.com. T-shirt time! Oh, speaking of T-shirt time, you guys see that the New Jersey shore is... Uh, when did it start? Oh, I, I watched an I, episode. I watched the first episode. Snooki lost her Stop, uh, wedding ring. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was Dude, you need to watch the... Fucking surgeries, dude. The facial surgeon. Oh, they they don't even look like the same oh. cast. Oh. It's kind of a sad, sad ordeal. It I hope is, I can find it on Hulu. It's, it's not even good, but I can't look away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Away. I'm excited. T-shirts. All right. We had 15 reviews. We're giving out four shirts. First up is Dad123457890. Steven <laughs> W13. Jacob Emery24. Dennis Wayne, all of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right well, out guess to what? you. Guess what? You're getting a t shirt. Yeah, everybody's getting yeah. a t shirt. Let's get physical. Physical. You got that stuck in my head, dude. <laughs> you have to finish the song. Yeah. You have to finish the song in your head, otherwise, we'll keep going. Physical. Musical. How does it end? I don't know. That's the problem. That sucks. If you get a song stuck in your head, if you don't finish the song, then your brain loops it. If you finish the song- Is that true? I don't know. I read it. I have no idea. <laughs> let me true. hear the body talk. Yeah, you have to finish the, the whole body song. Talk. Otherwise, let you're just me gonna, hear the body talk. Yeah, you're just going to re- repeat that over and over yeah. again now. Fuck. <laughs> Right. I don't. I don't have that skill set. Like it does. I being somebody who's like a music lover and I listen to tons of music. I still like could never memorize a whole song like there's maybe two songs like as a kid that i grew up that i listened to probably one billion times and still if you hear me listen to it i fuck up some words i what, just i don't have, i don't have the skill what dude. are some songs that you feel confident that you could black street no diggity oh yeah what? yeah what? i like the way you work it. right 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 and even then like if i were to go if you were to play that i would be able to sing like 90% of it. I'd still mm. fuck it up somewhere. Was you super into yeah, that song when it came it, out? Is that why? Bag it up. It's just uh, the timing of that song was when I was probably in in the, in the music more than I ever was. Like, there was mm-hmm. a point where I was like really into music, where I was listening to, you know, <laughs> trying to find music when it before it even released and 
following artists and seeing when everything's up and coming and reading. Was that with like Little Penny? Remember Little Penny from? Oh uh, my God, that was off of uh, Dude. That's not that song. Penny Hardaway. Yeah, but that's not that song. I know. No. Do you remember? You just brought something up there. You remind me. Do you remember when you could call? Remember the little doll, the little Penny Hardaway doll that used to talk shit? Yeah. There was a little Penny. They, it was commercials that ran for a while, and it was when Penny Hardaway was big, and they did they his did his shoes, and there was the little Penny Hardaway doll, and you could call this eight hundred number, and he would talk shit to you. And, and I remember, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I we, never did that. You don't remember that was in high uh-uh. school, and you give people the number, right? And they call it, and they'd be like Penny Hardaway, the, the little Penny Hardaway, because the Penny Hardaway doll would always talk shit to the real Penny in the commercials. Right. Yeah, in the commercials. So yeah. you could call this number, and then he would talk shit to you. I wonder if it still exists. That'd be great to Google that, look that up, and see like, the wow. Penny. The Penny. We should Penny try Hardaway. that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of phone numbers that don't exist anymore, does the does the Time Lady still exist? Time Lady. Remember popcorn? Oh, popcorn. <laughs> Wow! Does anybody I ever? I'm so, that for my memory. I'm so calling popcorn right now because <laughs> I don't even know if that exists. Let's see like, here. It's worth it on the podcast for people, and all this dead air yeah, to for, find it. For all the for all the kids listening right now, back in the day, if you wanted to, if you wanted the exact correct time, yeah, you had to dial popcorn. The time and temperature is coming up after this. No way! Someone bought it. I bet. Use a CPAP machine for sleep apnea. It's just a bunch of commercials. Yeah, it used to be at the Pacific Standard Time will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Beep. yeah. But it, it still exists. Popcorn still Someone exists. Someone must have bought that number. Well, yeah, you see there's advertising Because on. it was owned. Who owned Popcorn? Wasn't that like a state? There's the, there it is right there. Oh, the yeah, little penny. little penny. Yes. Uh, I remember that. Oh, dude. So who who owned Popcorn? Was That that must have been a state thing, right? I don't know. That, that's a really good question. I don't know who owned it. Yeah. But what, what does that say the date, Doug, like when these came out? We were... Those oh, are that, pro- those are I think those are remade. That's 2010. This shit was way. This was high school, man. When the first the first painting commercials. Really? Yeah, yeah. This this is obviously. I think th- they were like the, they were in the 90s, obviously. Yeah, yeah, like yeah mid 90s. Yeah. yeah, this is they, obviously they brought it back. Look, this is 2010 right here. Mm-hmm. So, I like how they're doing commercials specifically for YouTube, YouTube, right? And social media. If, mm-hmm. You know what? I didn't notice that in, until not too long ago, surfing around on YouTube. And there's actually some really good commercials that never even make TV. Mm-hmm. A lot of so a lot, some of these bigger companies that I thought were not on it, they're already moving their way over to putting more. Uh, well, wasn't that how like the Dollar Shave Club guy he started uh, yeah. as yep. like a big on YouTube yep. and then it kind of yeah. crossed over. That's yeah. how you yeah. and you can you have more creative freedom. It's obviously cheaper because right. you just mm-hmm. post it. Right. Right. Uh, and the commercials tend to push boundaries a little bit more. Yeah. Online. Yeah, they get a little more racy, and, and yeah, that's why they're way better. It's just funny watching YouTube and seeing like big celebrities doing commercials on, on the uh, platform. You know, it's funny if you it think about weird. it. Commercials on YouTube, if they're well-received, are way more powerful because- The way you can share. The shareability. Sh- and and they and they voluntarily want to watch it. I I still yeah. remember the first like commercial. I there's uh. Do you guys remember the axe? Doug, did you ever see these? The axe commercials for dirty balls. Clean your balls. <laughs> oh, it's, yes. literally, it's literally axe commercial. Dirty balls was. I must have shared that with a hundred people. I thought it was so fucking funny and epic. Yeah. I think how smart that is for advertising. Like you come up with something like that, you put it on YouTube. I'm only one person. Like how many other people watched that and just thought it was hilarious did, too? Did, oh, did yeah. you guys see Guaranteed. the one a long time ago that it was this commercial for testicular cancer awareness? And it was this like super hot girl. And she's like, has like a, I don't know what she was wearing, a bikini or something. And she's like, you know, I'm about to talk to you about something. You have no idea what she's about to talk to. And then she traces her body down or her hand down her body, 
reaches into her pants and you're like, what is she about to do? And then she pulls out balls. Like she has testicles and she's like, and then she pulls them out and holds them up to the screen and she's like, make sure you check, your, make sure you check your balls and make sure you have, you know, if you don't have testicular cancer, that was shared like crazy. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember that one. And it, and it actually caused me to check myself and then become, <laughs> I, you do the cough. <laughs> no, dude, I did. I, I did. I tested my, check myself. And for people that don't know this, testicles aren't perfectly smooth. There's definitely things on them that, and so I thought like, you know, because I'm. Have you ever been hypo, fooled? I'm a hypo, uh, hypochondriac, huh? So, hey, were you? Did you fool yourself and go and get oh, checked? I, I thought I was, I was. Of course, this guy. I has, did, dude. He, too. Did you do? Yeah. So she. he, he Listen, <laughs> there was like. Because you don't touch your balls that much. Listen, there was like <laughs> one Justin. little thing. I'm like, and that was freaking me out. I was like, what is this? See, you there's know? there's what you were just talking about right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not the one I was talking. about. Let's clean your balls. You know what the worst part is? So like, what happened? You I get in, it? yeah, and so I get in, and it's like. I guess it's something that, you know, just comes and goes or whatever. It's like some kind of tissue thing. But um, I was at the doctor and, and um, like, I'm, you know, I'm like kind of explaining my situation, like, like telling them what, what's there and like, and it wasn't there. And so they're like looking, you know, for it and everything. And I'm like trying to justify why I'm in there. And the guy's looking at me like, Come on, bro. Like, right. He's like, like I'm like, he's like, he's like pulling bro, a fast one on him just so you can hold my balls. Yeah, like, you think I want to be in here? Fifteen dollar you know? copay, way cheaper yeah. than yeah. The yeah like, like I'm enjoying this. I'm right. not enjoying this, dude. On the streets, it's like 50, I was, I was, I'm scared. Just like I, I had a lump. I swear they're swollen. I swear, sir, these are barely. Yeah, average. he's like looking at me like I like I meant to do this. Like I'm here for like just messing with him. I'm like I'm not messing with you. Doctor dude. has no idea. He's like. Yeah. Well, they're not that small. What do you mean? <laughs> Here's a, you know, did you do this? Because this is what I did. Once you find, I don't know about you guys, but once I find something, until the doctor appointment comes up, I'm checking it like two, three times. A day. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens with and this, you're just fiddling for, like crazy. For, exactly for the for the ladies who are listening right now, testicles are extremely sensitive, and the more you manipulate and touch them, they start to get sore, which only reinforces yeah. the, th the thought that oh, you might yeah, have testicular cancer. Agitated. Yeah, so I'm like rub I'm like trying to find it because it was this little thing. I, I was like, kept finding it, and I'm like, oh, there it is. Then your mom walked in. But then in. it started getting yeah. sore. <laughs> then my balls started getting sore. What, I'm like, mom? oh, my God. Because then you read on freaking uh, WebMD, and it's like, oh, one of the signs of testicular cancer is swelling and pain in your nuts. I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's hurting. Well, I'm experiencing that right now. So I, when I went, doctor did, he checked and he's like, well, he goes, I can feel that because I don't think that's anything you don't need to worry about. He goes, but if you want to make sure we can do an ultrasound, it's up to you. And I'm like, of course, you know, cause I'm a hypochondriac. I'm like, do the ultrasound. So I'm on the, did you get the ultrasound? No, because they didn't find anything. No, because like, yeah, the, the lump or whatever like dissipated. No. Like yeah, Justin was just trying to get some feels. Yeah, <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> he had a glove on everything. He was just like looking at me like with shame. You know, like, it's like, why? Yeah. Why would you do this to me? Well, dude, I'm like, well, like I want to be here, dude. Stop looking well, into my yeah, eyes stop, when you do that. Stop, stop looking down on me. Yeah. So here's, he did it from behind too. He didn't do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the, the, yeah, oh the prostate, exam. prostate exam that I had. No, so I, I, had, I actually had that. So I got the ultrasound so i'm laying on this I, to get the ultrasound they lay me on a bed i pull my pants down and you take a towel and you take your 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 basically your your shaft pull it up and press it down so the, all that's exposed is your balls oh you have to do that <laughs> yeah. huh? so that's picture like, that's like a puppeteering move yeah right there, so picture know? that right you're you're laying on your back you got high the, you got like a towel on your number. on your dick so you're covering that and pushing it down and all that's there is balls so yeah. As unattractive as a penis is, it's way more attractive when you cover that part and just show right. when it's when yeah. it's on its partner. Just, yeah. just balls <laughs> just is not balls. a good look. That's weird, right? Yeah. So I'm laying there, I'm doing this, and I'm waiting for 
the doctor to come in because it was talk in, about your most vulnerable state, right? You like, never it's just you and like balls. Well, only. yeah, and both your hands are occupied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 never would that happen in nature. <laughs> like anybody could come and attack you. It'd no. be like the worst situation. Let me tell you, you. something. In yeah. nature, you would never expose just your balls. That's like a that's like you're giving up. You're, no. you're giving in your yeah. That's the first place you cover because weak. Anyway, so I'm laying there on the bed because the nurse tells me to do this. So she walks out. And she's like this, I don't know, 29-year-old nurse, right? And I'm kind of like, okay, thank God she leaves. So I cover myself. Who does the ultrasound? Same fucking nurse. Same 29-year-old chick walks in. <laughs> and she's not like attractive, but she's way more attractive than, not than the freaking male doctor. Dude, dude. Yeah. yeah, like with hairy How hands. old are you at this point? This was, uh, let's see, probably 35. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm a grown man. Yeah. So she takes gel and she like has to rub it on your... <laughs> <laughs> And then she's moving this thing. Did around. you make eye contact? Maybe I should go have this checked out more yeah, often. Well, I was gonna say I was. I was at first. I was giggling. I went I was, to the wrong doctor. I laughed a little bit because I'm like, well, I'm gonna laugh because this is awkward anyway. So I laugh. She's straight face because she's got good training. She's a crack. Yeah, right? She's a professional. And I'm like, usually it's, this is like the second or third date. I don't usually do this the first time. And right. Then she kind of looked at me like, haha. I said that, that same joke when a nurse was taking my catheter out. Yeah. Oh. What? When did you have a catheter? <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> you have a catheter? whoa, dude! <laughs> when I dude, when I had surgery. Oh yeah, that, yeah. does that yeah. hurt? I never oh, had a catheter. It was the worst. Ugh. Does yeah. it go all the way, all in? way in the pee hole? Yeah. How far? Do they, how far do they go? It goes all the way to your bladder, all right, right, man? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. super long, like that. And so how, I, had to, I was like, I was tube. like, listen, I'm gonna help you, and I like grabbed it, and we're laughing, you know. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna help you. Yeah, like I, I, was, I know this, this is awkward for you. Let yeah. me hold this steady. Yeah, for you. I was just, and yeah, she was she was laughing because I was trying to have a sense of humor about it. Did it, it hurt horrible. when they pull it out? Yeah. Oh, I was like burning. You yeah. know what it makes me? You know, what? it's like how bad would it have been if you got a boner or something like that with a catheter? That, I don't think it. that's possible. No, it's, yeah, there's no way. It's a it's foreign always, invader. It's yeah, always, it's always possible. <laughs> I mean, like, don't challenge me. A, a half-naked supermodel has to walk in before that for that to happen. Even then. Say, yeah, even I, then. I would say. Just uh, if I, I know a tube is going to go in my... Take a picture for later, but I'm not... not nothing's happening right oh, now. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. I don't... You know, I was... Think about all the moments as a young boy growing up where that is an actual fear. Can you think of the times where that like it actually happened because you as a kid you think about those well, fears, the, right? the, the, when you're a, when you're a 16 year old boy and the wind blows and you get a boner yeah of course you get scared when you walk in to sure. see a nurse like oh god what totally. happens if i get yeah. a boner right now so when have you ever had a moment like that where because well, i think every you're more scared in your head but then when it really comes to game time it's like yeah you're not well because anxiety is the ultimate boner killer so i think if you're in a situation where you're anxious then mm -hmm. you probably don't right you don't get one the problem when you're a kid, you know, you're a teenager is it's uncontrollable. Well, and and I never, and, I never wanted it. And the more you think class. about it, the worse it gets. <laughs> I didn't ask for it at driver's ed either. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> always work when you put it in the belt loop. You yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes he peeks his little head out. Yeah, and he's like, oh no. Well, then you feel it. You yeah. know what I mean? Then yeah. you just think about it's, it more, and, and people see it. Oh, so man. Like, yeah, invisible. Yeah, no, and you get it's. I used to fuck the worst places too. You at dinner with your parents. You know what I mean? Just sitting there. And, <laughs> what the fuck's going on right now in my pants? Yeah, My, this lasagna well, is delicious. But how it's your taste, sweetie. Yeah, it's not that good. It's <laughs> hey, uh, oh, good. Try, dro drop yeah. some food in your lap. Your mom tries to, tries yeah. to wipe it up. Yeah, go to the bathroom. No, mom. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 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 good time. So, yeah. uh, did you guys? Did you guys? I don't think I shared this of uh, what this California bill that they're trying to pass. Mm -mm. So there, there's this pat. This this who's trying to? It's the same guy that made vaccinations mandatory. For all school kids, I can't remember his name. Senator Richard Pan, that cocksucker. What's he trying to do? Oh, wow. 
He there's Pan a the there's man. a bill and the bill is titled it hasn't passed yet but it's titled uh, it's SB fourteen twenty four Internet Social Media False Information Strategic Plan. So basically, the bill would require any person who operates a social media as defined internet website with a physical presence in California to to develop a strategic plan to verify news stories shared on its website. It, the bill will require the plan to include, among other things, a plan to mitigate the spread of false information through news stories, the utilization of fact checkers to verify news stories, providing outreach to social media users, and placing a warning on a news story containing false information. Do you know why I have a problem with this? Who well, determines? Regulation, yeah. Well, who determines what's false? Yeah, right? Who determines if it's true or not? That, the yeah. worst people in the world, the, the government? I, yeah. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's who I want to tell I don't, you. Yeah, yeah. They That's never spread uh, false information. Yeah, never. They've never, never done that before. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, so they're trying to pass a bill. If you own- How would that even work? What does that look yeah. like? That's, that's the thing. Here's the problem is you always got to look at this when you look at bills. Huh. When they come up with an idea, but, it's, but then you ask yourself how- well, that leaves a lot of, uh, what's the word, um, like discretion, like discretion to the authorities. Right. So and yeah. so somebody could literally be like, I don't like you. You're an asshole. So I've decided that your stuff is now you got inaccurate. probable cause, you know, they'll use whatever to like wrap in yeah. some story and, around and, it. And, and the, 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 reason, the reason why this irritates me especially high, uh, highly is because we're based out of California. Yeah. So let's say we say something. Let's say we say... Artificial sweeteners, not good for you, disrupt your gut microbiome. Right, right. they can prove, oh, well, there's no studies that actually prove that, so therefore it's false. Yeah, yeah, no, you get, not only that, you'll get a warning, so we could have a warning on our, on oh, our wow. social media podcast, and then that gives them the authority to shut us down if we keep- <sighs> If you're challenging, like, common thought. Dude. Like, yeah, that's, that's a problem. You don't want that. You wow. don't want anybody to be censored at all, and sure, that means that some people are going to spread total bullshit information. But okay, so what? Little responsibility on our part, you know, for what we consume right. and whatever. But you do not want them to have that kind of power. No. That's crazy. No, no. Think no. about that. No, I think that's crazy. Think about think about if you if you you know are if you say things that aren't very popular or you're a little counter to the establishment, and it could literally mean maybe you know maybe they pass a law in California that says I don't know uh, GMO foods uh, shouldn't be labeled. Like that's it. And then you you're coming out and saying no, they should. We don't like them, and this is why we think it's unhealthy. Why don't they just go back to the old days of like journalism, where they the certain companies rise to the top that have like vetted their sources like on such a ridiculous level that they build a, a reputation for that to to become a trusted source. So think about it this way: Do you guys remember uh, back in the day when you were at the grocery store and you were in line, and then they would have those like Inquirer magazines or you know, son and to be like, you know, wolf boy born to, you know, yeah, you know, had a crazy, <laughs> I, used to yeah, yeah. I bought yeah. those aliens run the those. white house or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were never made illegal because it's speech, right? It's free speech. Right. They're tripping over the internet though. The internet really scares the fuck out of them badly. Well, right? yeah, badly harder to control, way harder to control. It, well, it's just, it's more power. O old media, which a lot of them own old media or have influence over old media is becoming obsolete. And they're recognizing that. Justin, are you are you up and up on Silicon Valley right now? Yeah, the show. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about the whole idea of like building a decentralized internet completely, mm -hmm. that like a whole new yeah. internet? Yeah, that it, doesn't allow these big companies to come in and control or, or I mean, do anything. It's an interesting idea. I mean, it's something that. Um, well, the internet is already decentralized. It already is. I mean, that's the thing. How they can they control it? But that's that's just the thing. Like, if they do end up controlling, like. 
who's to say somebody isn't going to just have another option that you know everybody will start to I think move we towards. I think we will see that especially when you see the things that are happening with Facebook and the shit like that because yeah it it is decentralized but then it's not when you think about companies like that that have been able to come in well think about it. they're so big and they're they're so powerful and they have so much shit. like where else can they go like they need competition they need somebody to come in and do something different like uh, because it's it because it's it's part of that corporate thing where you get like so big like it's almost like you don't you can't control all these like moving parts like, like inevitably something is going to kind of go get away from well, you a one, little bit. One thing I've one thing that the internet has taught us so far, I don't know if this is going to change in the future, but so far is that the second you you think something's untouchable, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can name several businesses that within the five years, look at Snapchat, how much money they were worth and making, and they fucking ruled and ran everything for that particular. Now they're 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 becoming obsolete. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You see this with a lot of things. I mean, MySpace at one point had tens of millions, if not more, people on there, and right. overnight they went to zero. So it's one of those things. Like, but I don't know if it's going to continue, right? Because the companies now seem to be so solidified. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting. Well, and, and you know, you you brought up the point that you know the internet's decentralized, but is it really when you have companies like Facebook who have probably, arguably, a good piece of that traffic, right? Like how many, like how many people are viewing Facebook, or how much spend an average of X amount of time every single day? So, you know, there. Well, no, there's more popular. There's definitely apps and pages that are far more popular than others. But what I mean by decentralized is there's no internet location. You know what I mean? There's no mm-hmm. one place that you can go and be like. Here's where the internet is, and it's it's anarchy. The internet is for people that think you need tons and tons of regulations to organize things, and if we don't have organiza- if we don't have like laws in place that you know society becomes just crazy, and and, and and how anarchy our definition of anarchy is people killing each other and going crazy and whatever. The internet is anarchy. It, it it literally is, and if you look at the internet, it's self organized in such a remarkable way. Nobody designs like. Nobody has organized the internet and said, here's the rules, here's the whatever. It's all market driven. Mm-hmm. So, and it's pretty crazy how far it's come. You ever look at, pay, like, uh, there's websites you can look up where you can look up old uh, web pages just from like oh, 15 yeah. years the ago. The evolution of the user experience. Crazy. Oh, how, yeah. how different it's been, <laughs> how fast. Yeah. yeah. But there's been no. Getting rid of all the banners and the ugly ass shit that they used to, like, just put in there this nonchalantly. It's all self organized all driven through consumers and it's it's and it's advanced in such crazy ways and becomes so efficient and it's pure it's almost pure anarchy i mean besides the laws that regulate like the, you know how you can lay down the the fiber optic cable and all that stuff yeah there's pretty much nothing else did so. you did you look into that i think it was i think it's gdpr was it that i told you guys about that uh, we talked with mm. casey when we met with him what was that the marketing team uh the the law that just oh, got passed. Oh, general data protection in, regulation. Yes, yes. It's no, no, no. The Give us the UK. They, they passed that law. Yeah, it's over in the UK right now, and the fear is that it's going to come over this way. It's just they're trying to protect people's private information, right? And and companies like ourselves not able to market to them, and that includes email marketing and advertising. And so I know we have. I know we're looking into it with our our platform Kajabi to see if we're protected or what happens with that. But I mean, we have an audience over there. So we, I mean, we have—they're not a, the majority of our audience, but we have a large piece of our our. Business I, I would. I I, I want to see how this. How would this even help anything? Like how would? Well, it- what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep from, 
well, again, what happened? The, the big scare with Facebook, right? Was this, you know, now that we have all never this- let a, never let something like that go to waste, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, exactly. What they're to do. Yeah, they 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 they're taking this big scare from Facebook, and you know, so they're trying to put laws and regulation in place to keep companies from having this ability to check everybody's information, track all their history, see what they're liking or not liking, and and so they can market to them. And you know, I don't know, dude. I'm like, what? Who cares? I mean, seeing it, what, if we put shit out there, and that's and 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 to be honest, I, I want to be marketed to the things that I want. I don't want. I don't want to yeah. be marketed. I don't want like women's tampons to come in my thread. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me. Like I, I so and I don't get mad because like so for example this weekend I was looking at like uh, new home speakers right. So you know now all of a sudden I'm getting these pop ups for like all the late. I it's actually I actually appreciate it. It's like I was already searching for Isn't all that this. Interesting because you get people that get really freaked out by that. Yeah, they get freaked like, out and mad. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah, but cool. it's better. Yeah. yeah, I was already looking for this shit. It, it's know. like it knows me. It knows what I want. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> like that's cool. Like I don't know why people get so angry about that. It's like, yeah, I know shit. It's they know that efficient. because there's cookies everywhere, and I put that information in there, and so this is what it's giving me back. No, I think it's because people. What happens is we have behaviors and stuff, and then. When we're when we step outside and look at our own behaviors, mm. we say to ourselves, "Ooh, we shouldn't be doing that." But instead of taking on the personal responsibility and saying, "Oh, I don't like my information being shared," I shouldn't then give out so much of my free information, or maybe I should turn off my social media if it really matters that much. But no, instead, what they say is, "I don't like the way this is happening. I want a law to do this for me." Yeah, is what they're saying. Because right. the reality is, if you don't want your if Facebook has all my information because I gave it to them. Right. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. if you didn't want that, then fucking go back to reading newspapers and magazines. No, and people, fucking, people are big babies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And go back to writing letters to everybody. You no, know what I'm saying? If you- people are big babies. We we don't look. And if, of course, if Facebook takes your information and does something and with it. exploits it. it and, well, it does something with it that wasn't, you know, agreed upon. Uh, under the terms. Then they are, you are covered. Of you course. know what I find you funny? You are covered by law. The people that get the most riled up about it are the people that no one gives a fuck about it anyways. Like, I know. Government ain't watching you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no one gives a shit about what you're doing. You got a hundred friends. You have fucking, you, you work a, cat you're working a normal nine yeah. to five. No one's fucking paying attention to you. Like, stop worrying shit. Be happy that you're getting fucking advertised the shit you probably would buy anyways. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> I, my little brother freaked out like my mom took him to the um dmv last year because he's one of those 20 year olds who just doesn't have a license have you seen this do you guys know this wow, is, this like, is a, like a thing i know i can't wait to I hear heard your kids about this go through but this. it's it's just it's baffling to it's me. a it's thing so, that was freedom i was so like weird. i want it so bad if you were a 20 year old without a license when we were kids you were the biggest weirdo you were a ever. nerd yeah like, worse yes, you never worse. got dates you know yeah, what I mean, like you had to have a card to take girls out. It's like, crazy. Yeah. Why, are you going to be in? Yeah. So it was like pulling teeth to get hit. My mom was like, you know, dragging him down there. Like you need transportation to get to a job. You know, <laughs> like you need to go do this. And so dragging him down there and he's like freaking out because he's got to give, you know, he has to give the DMV like his all his personal information. I feel like it's an excuse. because Yeah. And he doesn't and he doesn't he doesn't want them to know where he's at. <laughs> it's just like, dude. Like where are you gonna? <laughs> I said, I love you, brother. The sky is falling. DMV is not worried yeah, about you, dude. No. <laughs> DMV is not tracking S- you down. Yeah, especially with their like 
cutting edge technology they use in the DMV, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. They're so like up to date, you know. With their, oh my god, it's the most. Uh, it's the worst system dude, ever. The D- there, they still dude. print shit out. Oh, and, dude. Oh, I, I went take to, forever. I had to get our passports, you know, a little while ago. Remember, I talked about the whole. So ordeal. ridiculous. I couldn't believe the redundancy. Yeah. Like they took the paper, they stamped it here, put it here, they photocopied it here, right. stapled it to that. You know, get a Polaroid. They cut it out. They like stick it on there. I'm like, like, this is all. This all this could is, be done. With a computer. Oh, you know, what are you guys doing with yeah, all this right? shit? And it's then, crazy. heaven forbid, you don't have everything prepared, too. Like, if you're oh missing something. Yeah, if you, you were go missing something. And they, you got to come back tomorrow. Oh, they'll tell you that, too. Yeah. They, don't, they don't even want to be helpful. They're not helpful no, no, at all. No. It's not like, come back oh, tomorrow, then shoot, figure you forgot this. Or it's like, oh, no. So can't. what do you think that is? Why do you guys think there's that? There's this movement where kids are not getting their driver's license? Well, it's because we, we Uber, already... Dude. Well, yeah, we already said this. I mean, the belief is that... I mean, I told Katrina this the other day, because we're talking about buying a new vehicle right now. And I said... You know, I'm I'm just kind of waiting right now until I, I kind of have to because I really believe this may be the last vehicle yeah. I buy. I, I feel like millennials are nomadic. Like they want to go places, they want to work like overseas, different places. You know, the, remotely. They don't need a car. They want to live in the city. They want to just like Uber around. Like it's it's a new way of like. Uh, working too. So like after, you know, school or whatever, it's like they just yeah. want to, yeah, but they don't want to like have a, a property. They don't want to have a car. Now I get that. And I, that's relatively recent, right? Yeah. Cause Uber really has only become kind of popular in the last maybe five years. Um, I, I get that, but there's still, it's, we're still, we don't have the technology for self-driving cars. Uber's still expensive if you do it all the time. And it still doesn't give you the currently, cause in the future, I think this is going to flip. But at the moment, you know, because your 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 brother's twenty, right? So four years ago he was sixteen, right? right. So it's it, it, you still have way more independence when you have a driver's license because you can literally just pick up and go oh, and do I, what you want. I fully agree <laughs> with I, you. I, I just I, think the mentality no, towards is different. Right, and it it is it is, okay. Here's the thing though: like if you go back to high school, okay, I mean, the urgency to get a license when we were kids, there was none of this technology. So the fact that it, even though it's not like you said, it has, it's just kind of exploding right now. It it, it was there though. I mean, in, and I grew up in a small town. So my little brother, we went to the same, he went to the same high school that I went to. It's one high school in the entire town has about two, 3000 kids in it. And that's it. Now, if we had Uber, Uber then, cause you could ride share too. So it's not that expensive. Yeah. You three buddies get in a car to go to lunch and you each got to pay $3 to get to because we had an open campus for lunchtime, I could see us I, you know, doing I, that. I totally. can see that too, but here's so let me know what you guys think about this because I've been thinking about this quite a bit because I have cousins like this who don't get driver's licenses. And I've been thinking about it, and you still it's still you're still way more independent when you get your own license, when you can drive. And what I'm thinking is a lot of these kids that are not getting their licenses, and I don't know, this is my own personal experience, these are kids that their parents fucking do everything for them. They have no responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like they don't want to grow up. They don't want that personal responsibility. They don't want to... Peter Pan syndrome. Peter Pan syndrome. And that's way more pre- prevalent well, that's, nowadays. That's for sure my little brother, lot, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because... Yeah, you, it's my little brother. You and him were not the same. You're, you're, no, you're, no, no, You no. didn't have everything done for I, you. Did I ever tell you guys? So he... Uh, yeah, we have a huge age gap, right? We're 12 plus years. And he's 20. Has he had like consistent jobs? Uh, I wouldn't say consistent. He's definitely not consistent. Now think about that. At right. twenty years old, well, I you had fr- how many consistent he, jobs? Oh, by the yeah, time you were yeah. twenty. No, no, for sure. I had that by the time I was fucking fifteen. I had him come and stay with me for a summer. Like so, he was when I moved out of the house. He was only like five years old. So his memories of me being an older brother or me living away, yeah. you know, like so he doesn't. So I had a summer where I had him come live with me, 
I'll never forget the first morning he woke up. You know, he woke up. I'm, I have work. You know, it's fucking Monday or some shit, and I'm starting and getting ready, and 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 he's kind of like rolling rolling out of bed, and he sees me getting ready to go out the door, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, what's for breakfast?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" And I was like, <sighs> "Whatever you want, yeah, to be, yeah, whatever you want, bro. <laughs> yeah, help yourself. Kitchens." In the, and he's like, "Oh well, what did you make? Did you make something for us?" I'm like. No, bro. I ain't making shit for you. You're a grown, <laughs> you're a grown ass man, dude. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get stay here. You get free food here, or something like that. But I go fucking prep it for you too. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like that's it, man. That's what yeah. I think it is. Yeah. No. I like, really think yeah. that's what it is. Is a lot of these parents who <laughs> chasing around their kids, wiping their mouths for them, and you know. Yeah. Not only that, but my my brother, I, I I picked up on it with him living with me for that summer. He got really good at manipulating that, like because my mom had done that for so long to him. Like he knows how to play dumb and play like he doesn't know how to do things and he needs help to get me to do stuff. And I caught him doing that multiple times to me like, hey, could you show me this? Mm -hmm. And then he just step away from it so, so I could do it. And it's like, oh, you little shit. Like you play this like dumb card, like you don't know what you're doing or stuff like that. But it, in reality, it's you manipulating me to get me to Bro, do I've what been, you- I've I been know, reading- I know that move. Yeah. yeah. Very- Oh, yeah, I, I've, aware been, of that I've been reading uh, books uh, on psychology and stuff with children. And one thing, so Jordan Peterson said something that was super impactful to me was never do for your kids what they can mm -hmm. do for themselves. Yep. And he said it, and he, the way he explained it, he's like, that's one of the worst things you could possibly do. If you want to cause damage to your child or make it more difficult for them to survive in society and in life, then if you want to make it really difficult for them, don't let them learn how to figure things out and learn how to, and become confident. Cause that's real confidence. Cause we always talk about like giving kids confidence. Mm -hmm. Real confidence is not telling your kid how awesome they are. That's not co real confidence. Real confidence is earned through overcoming challenges <laughs> on your own. Yep. Then you become more confident. Like, Oh fuck, I did that on my own. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was able to figure that out. And then you become more confident. Not this whole like, Oh, you're the best baby or honey. Don't worry about it. You're so smart. You're so, that's bullshit. And so yeah. I so I read that in his book and then I've read other psych, other psychology books and they say the same thing. And I've been doing it heavily with my kids now, especially for the last year where I'm about to do something for them and I'm like, wait a minute. Hey, come here, fold your own clothes. I don't know how, watch me. And then next thing you know, they're folding their own clothes and I'm paying attention to their behavior outside of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's remarkable. Like it's, it's like they're growing up faster, but uh, they're more secure, more confident. It's not a negative thing at all. You definitely get pushback at first, uh, but uh, it, it, it benefits them. Now, I feel bad for somebody who has a kid that's 19, 20, 21, 22, and then they try to implement that. <sighs> Now you're now you're, you're yeah now you're, you're, yeah you're in over your head. There's a lot of shit that you got to fix. Oh yeah, no, I that most of the time I'm like super worried, uh, you know, about like my kids or whatever. Like what's gonna happen with them? It's it's like it's that. It's like are they are they gonna be feel entitled and like feel like you know they don't have the right um, skill set because people keep helping them in school or helping them do all these things. It's like no, you like you need to figure this out. Like, stop, figure this out for yourself. Like, and it's, it's one of those things as a parent too, it's a struggle. Cause you want to, you want to step in and you want to intervene and you want, like, you see the struggle and you're just like, ah, like I, I want to get, get them through this process, but you really have to let them get Why through it. Why do you think that's worse today than what it was 20, 30 years ago? I, I just think parenting styles have changed. I think we're more we're soft. I mean, yeah, you don't, dude, that's my biggest fear. I don't want a soft kid. Yeah. yeah. No, you don't. You, you, want you don't your, want that kid. You want your kid to be well adjusted. You <laughs> want them to kid. be secure you know I mean? and confident. <laughs> I've but, met a lot of those kids. Yeah. You want them to be strong. I have a friend who has a, a 19 year old son 
who you know has some learning issues. They're not like super disabled, but they've got some learning issues or whatever. So they had a tough time in school and all that stuff. But because of that, he's been babied. He's totally been babied his his entire life. So now he's 19. His mom doesn't make that much money. She's always struggling. She has two jobs just to support this fucking adult male and herself. And we're talking about this and I'm like, you know, he has to get a job. <clears throat> well, you know, he's he's scared. He doesn't know if he'll do well, if he can't get it, you know, if he can't. And I'm like, and so I talked to her and I was very blunt. And I said, listen, I said, the Safeway by my house, the guy that bags my 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 groceries has Down syndrome. Like he's he's got like a like a real genetic situation going on and he bags my groceries and he does a good job and he's making a living and that's building confidence i told her i said your son's never done anything so of course he's terrified tell you're gonna have to force his ass get your ass out there and get a job i'm not gonna buy anything how old are you saying 19 like let him learn like and trust me you'll get a fucking job dude like over at uh uh, at the movie theater the dude that takes your tickets Mm -hmm. there's a guy there that takes your tickets and he's Full on, a para, um, like paraplegic in a wheelchair, and, and but does a good job. Scans your tickets, minimum wage job, whatever. But think of the confidence that that kid is oh, building. Yeah. Gives them purpose yeah. and like structure and something yes. that uh, yeah produces. Yeah. Something. So this other kid's got a learning disability, but he's otherwise. If you guys met him, you wouldn't you wouldn't even notice. He's talking. He's fine. Not a big deal. It's like get the fuck out of here. You could totally yeah. get a job. It's just he's been babied for so long. Sometimes you know? I feel like because of the babying, so that they feel like they're above it. Like it's like oh sure that, I don't want to work at a Safeway right I yeah, see that's yeah. I see that's I'm ready ca- for management right I yeah. feel like that's I feel like that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> right away yeah. I'm gonna own my own business yeah. no I feel I feel that's really common I feel it's and I see it in my siblings it's tough man it's tough having uh two you know two younger brothers and sisters that are you know that much younger than me so that we, we grew up in like a whole new a whole different Dude, decade you know here's what I love about the market okay because the market will tell you how much your skills are worth and it's fucking real and <laughs> yeah. it, you may disagree with it you may think this is not fair i work so hard but the reality the objective black and white fact is that your skills are worth 12 dollars an hour or whatever and if you don't like that mm-hmm. then it's on you but if you if you feel like you're above a job that's you know paying 10 bucks an hour 12 bucks an hour and you're like uh i should be working somewhere else, and you can't find a job making more than that I hate to break it to you. That's how much your job, your skills that's, are worth. That's it. So go fucking earn it and then build more skills. Go so you gain a suit. You want to talk just about, the way, it's just the way it is. You want to talk about some crazy market stuff. I was reading this article on uh, American Airlines and in 1988, 1980 or 81, they were just like the, it, they were taking a shit. Like they were, they were going to go bankrupt. They didn't know what to do. And so they come up with this idea that they're going to reach out to their, uh, the, their, um, you know, the customers that spend the most money with them. <clears throat> and so like Mark Cuban was one of these and they offer a one-time deal for them that it's, it's a quarter million dollars. I know what this is. Dude, it's, it's a quarter million dollars and they get lifetime unlimited fucking flying through American airlines for the rest of their life for 200, uh, yeah, $250,000 ticket. Yeah. $250,000. It's a one-time fee. They pay it and then they have free flights and for an extra $150,000, they can add a, a companion to that. So for roughly under five, half a million dollars. You know how dollars. much that money, that program's lost them? How much money? Bro. <laughs> they had, so this is the big deal about it. And then just not that long ago, they had to like, 
cancel it. And they had all, and they they went after two of the the people that took advantage of the the flight thing. It got to a point because it was like literally unlimited and free. So uh, and I forgot the names of the two you know millionaires that that did it first because <clears throat> Mark Cuban still has his I believe, <laughs> but they uh, revoked two of these people because dude they did like. One guy did like a thousand flights to Japan, bro, in, within like the first like <laughs> ten years of it. Oh, dude! And I bleeding them dry. You know, I'm such a numbers guy, right? So I'm yeah. like, they actually have like all his flights that he'd done. The right? jet fuel they so, used for that. Like, oh, bro! Oh, he, man. So they were talking about it. Like they've lo- they lost millions and millions yeah. of dollars on that. It seemed like such a brilliant idea to get some quick capital, right? And I I believe there is very short. And you know how they thinking. try. You know how they try to revoke these people. If they screw up even in the slightest amount, like because there's they'll lose membership. Yeah, like oh, yeah. yep, sorry, you didn't sign this the right way or whatever. Yeah, they tried. Oh, they, and they came after these. So one of the guys who had the the partner pass because it's basically you can fly with a partner, anybody else. Anytime he was taking a flight somewhere, if there wasn't somebody he had to bring, he would just bring strangers. He'd hook him. He'd hook him up. You know, free flight to That's Tokyo, awesome. free flight over to Australia, whatever like that. And so he think about the business. Whoa, think about how great you, deal. you could open up a side hustle with that. Oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? so that was part of. So another person got nailed for potentially, and, they, and I don't know if they ever oh, that's proved where you it. Get revoked. But so. they were speculating that they were selling the tickets. You know, what I'm uh-huh. saying, like, hey, five hundred dollar ticket, I'll like take you scalping. to Australia. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. But it was crazy how much how much money they lost. I believe there's still 28 that still exist, and Mark Cuban's one of them. Wow. He said it was one of the greatest investments he ever did in his life. Of course. <laughs> right? So quarter, brilliant. Quarter million bucks, and now you got free flights. He ran money. those numbers real quick. He's yeah. like, he's like, it's so be- funny how a corporation <laughs> yeah. didn't, though. Like, what a bunch of idiots to Because they, they were probably basing it off of their <laughs> average customer. Yeah, of course. Well, uh-huh. and, their, and their average flights. They're like, okay, you know, let's make it really worth their while. So it would take them on the, the, the amount they fly right and now. And like internationally? Everything. Like, that's crazy. Yes, anywhere. Like if they would have just kept it domestic, you know, like, but still no, that would have, yeah. no, I, I've I got, about I, this. I've got to read to you. I've got to read to you like the exact amount, like it actually, okay, here you go. So this, this guy, Steve Roth, Rothstein, uh, he bought the pass and it said over the 25 years, Rothstein took more than 10,000 total flights, including a thousand to New York, 500 to San Francisco, 500 to Los Angeles, 500 to London, 120 to Tokyo, 80 to Paris, 80 to Sydney. He's got a private jet, basically. Dude. Yeah. That's just in, like on in, command. In, in 25 years. Like, do the math. on Those are just the, the main ones that he flew to 50 or more times. Of course, he flew all over the place besides that. But just the, those ones, I, like, added it up, and it was, like, millions. And I did, like, <laughs> wow. I did an average flight of $250, which we know that. We know for sure. A thousand yeah. flights to New York City is more than that, yeah. right, alone. So that's, yep. a, that's a $500 to $1,000 ticket by itself. So that alone, it was already millions of dollars that, that they, they wow. basically Epic hit. fail. Oh, that's hilarious. Huge fail by them. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. You, you know what else uh, I was reading this weekend I thought was hilarious? You guys know the Masters is going on right now? Golf. Okay. Yeah. I know, none Isn't of Tiger Woods coming back? Yeah, he is, but he, I think he's uh, he's not doing so hot. Okay. I, 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 I honestly, I don't know. He the, hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't been a, a big uh, you know <clears throat> for a long time. Yeah, a, a deal in a no, while no. ever since the whole yeah divorce thing. I haven't I haven't been watching, so you know I don't know who's leading right now uh, in the Masters. But what I thought was fucking hilarious was have you guys seen the Bud Light commercials, the the newest ones, the the Dilly Dilly? No, you yeah. guys haven't seen. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. 
there's these Bud Light commercials and it's set like back in uh, medieval times and they're, you know, like sitting around a round table or it's like, a, you know, a, a king is talking to his, you know, is, is at, 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 on his throne and he's talking to an audience of, you know, 30, 40 other people there. And they do like the raise the glasses and you'll say, he'll say something like provocative or something. Right. And they'll go dilly dilly afterwards. And it doesn't mean anything. Right. There's yeah. no fucking real meaning. They're just, cre- they're just creating. A- yeah. It's, I mean, it's, like less, a uh, you know, it's yeah, another yeah. Bud Light, you know, brilliant fucking saying that goes viral and everybody's saying it now. Even my buddies, like we will be talking. Someone will say a statement dilly dilly afterwards. Uh, right. That's like the thing. Right. Mm. So the masters has a list of things that are banned words that you can't say <laughs> while you're while you're out there watching and it's a hilarious list and uh on that list now is dilly dilly no way. so if a guy's out there putting you know at the masters you can't come you can't come out and say dilly dilly in the background or you'll get launched from the masters <laughs> and it's and there's a series of like so dilly dilly uh baba buoy mashed potatoes what? you the man mashed potatoes i love martha burke Sweep the leg, Johnny. (laughs) Sweep the leg, John. That's my go-to. Are you sure those are actually banned? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That is the funniest. Sweep the leg. That's that's amazing. Right away, bro. They'll pull you right out of the Masters. (laughs) You'll be pulling. I don't care how much you pay. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Now that this is, is this thing going viral, this list? So I feel like it's going to make it worse. Well, anybody who's heavy into golf and uh, that's listening probably knows this already because it is pretty popular and uh, that there are banned statements that you can't say. Bud Light's response... (laughs) Which they're, was they're trying epic. to get rid of all the white trash. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the idea is behind it or why yeah. there's specific sayings like so much other than ours. But uh, Bud Light's response was to release a dilly dilly shirt. They released like two thousand uh, like yeah. yeah shirts for that. So, so smart. That's oh, great. right. So brilliant. So smart. Right. Take some shit like okay, you don't let us say dilly dilly yet. Yeah. That's all right. We'll make some money off of it. <laughs> so smart. <laughs> so like happy Gilmore. So so uh, yesterday I wanted to, to get your guys' feedback on that fucking food that we had yesterday oh dude what a smorgasbord bro so i want to start doing that once a month where we just all get together like a family and we just kind of grill and hang out and and have a good time it was a really good time yesterday right so that was my that was my very first time having um meat from butcher box Mm -hmm. i'd never had you guys ever had no i haven't meat before no No. it was delicious so i know it's supposed to be high quality but it's super high it's the highest quality it's it was like the beef was grass-fed and grass-finished everything was organic and so super high quality, you're reading the label, you're like, this is really good. But then my experience with grass-fed beef, especially if it's grass-finished, is it, it's always it's not as tasty, right? It's usually not right. as tasty. This and stuff pretty was tough. This stuff was good. No, 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 it was really good. It was really, really yeah. good. No, 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 it was really good. What did we so we had we had uh, ribeyes, we had um Well dude, we do you guys do you guys know that filet? do you know that Taylor so Taylor, this is a deal that Taylor negotiated for us, right? And Taylor was really turned on by the company. And I'm really proud of him for not only locking this down because it's right up our alley of stuff that we'll all use on a regular basis. I mean, right away after we barbecued yesterday, Katrina and I, I know Doug said he did too, got online and we ordered yeah. our own box too. So I will be too. Yeah, yeah no, it's definitely a product that I know that we, we, we're going to fall in love with and we already have. But the, the icing on the cake is uh, we have a better deal than Joe Rogan. What do you mean? Like our, our give, like for our audience? Because oh. he, I know he's sponsored by ButcherBox. Um, our, 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 our audience gets a better deal than Joe Rogan's audience. So Boom. when you get a large box, I know you get two free ribeye, you get free bacon, you get $10 off and you get free shipping. That's a fucking hookup. 
That's wow. a fat hookup. Right. So it, it it does bring the price down of the average of the meat because when you pay for like anybody, well, high bought, quality meat's always going to be more expensive. Yeah, you're it's paying. Always be more. You're, yeah. But you're, you're not though. I mean, it's about it's about what you would pay for like if you're going to the grocery store, but now it's delivered to your house for free shipping and it's. Now I didn't convenient. see the package. I didn't yeah. see the package that came in. Did, was it, it comes in a box and yeah. then it's packed in? The Is it dry- frozen? Yeah, it comes in the you know the yeah, cool dry ice stuff. The, yeah, those packets or whatever. It was called. really shrink sealed. and all It that. was really really good. Yeah, no, we had. I was impressed. In ours, we had pork. We had pork ribs. We had the pork loins. We it was had a great break. Rib eyes. <laughs> we had fillets. We, the fillets were amazing. Yeah, Bro, fillets so were like it's kind of like a tri tip, but it's a different cut. Yeah, it's really good. What, what did they call it? Sirloin cap. Sirloin. Yeah. Is that right, Doug? The sirloin cap. I think so. I, I can't remember. Yeah, it was a that sword. one was exceptionally good. It was really good. Yeah. So I went into so yesterday was the was forty eight hours of my my you know monthly fast that I it's usually around sixty to seventy two hours. So we all schedule this you know barbecue with butcher box and I'm like fuck <laughs> I'm <laughs> fasting. Yeah. So we show up and I'm smelling the meat and looking at it and you know I'm like you know like it's all right I, if I, I break my Sal's fast yeah if I so I got to break my fast with some grass fed <laughs> meat it was really so that's the you, best way to do it. How did you feel afterwards? Fine. Really? Yeah. You know what I'm noticing? Because sometimes that can be a little heavy to to break a fast with. You know. But yeah. You, you know, seem to be probably getting used to it more, huh? Here's what I'm noticing. This is what's tripping me out now. This is month four. So this is my fourth month now doing a prolonged fast at the beginning of the month. And each time I do it, it's it feels easier and easier. And uh, I don't know. I just come out of it real easy while I'm on it. I feel fine. Even Jessica, who had a tough time with it the first three times, uh, even this time for her. She you know what I always wonder when I hear stuff like that? Because it's like with almost almost anything, right? Like our body begins to adapt and become efficient at it is do do the benefits begin to diminish a little bit? Like, was, was the first time or two that you did this prolonged fast, did you get these fucking incredible benefits that were happening internally? And now that you've done it multiple times, like that's it, a good question. Because, or are you honing in on it? That's actually a good question because, well, so there's a couple of things I think. I think my metabolic flexibility is even getting better and better and better to where I can go in and out of ketosis, don't have to feel the switch, all that stuff. But you do make a good point, Adam, because I would like to see, like, when you fast for a prolonged period of time, you have increased rates of apoptosis and, you know, your body gets rid of cell waste. Um, I wonder if you do it consistently. Really if it diminishes, you, right? Yeah, I'm wondering about that. Like, if that starts to diminish. I think... I like... I, I mean, the fact that you're separating it by a month... Mm-hmm. I feel way better. It's way I, better than I, doing the, the fasting every day. It, oh, it, I, it yeah. feels way better on my body. Oh, I... I f- fucking 100%. 100% better. And that makes the most sense. And it would make the most sense, too, that if anything was going to diminish the, the the positive benefits faster, it would be doing it more. It's the frequency idea. It's yeah, no different yeah. than what we teach with building muscle. I mean, if you want to build muscle at a faster rate and want your body to adapt, you know, the frequency is king there. Yeah, so and, why would it be any different nutritionally for us if we're... And I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is I'm tr- I, I, I phase my nutrition so where it goes fast, super hard keto, paleo, and then I add starches and then I start over real fast. And so I'm moving through these different phases and it's just, again, I'm experimenting, but... But yeah, this was actually a great way to break the fat. I didn't have a ton of meat. I had a small amount, maybe a quarter pound. Do you do any liquid? I used to like to do like the Organifi and stuff right afterwards, like a, like a real light, like the green juice or something like that, or a bone broth, like just a light. light so liquid. bone broth with the gold juice is actually very oh, nice. Oh, really? Yeah, very nice. I didn't do the gold. I did the green. Why you would don't you? mix them together, though. 
Please tell me you don't do that. Oh, bro, it's it's bone not, broth. And, yeah, no, 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 yeah, not yeah, bone yeah. broth and Organifi. No, that's together. what I did. Yeah, like literally <laughs> mixed together. <laughs> uh, bone broth with the gold juice. Oh, like literally mixed together. Yeah, I would yeah, do like yeah. a shot of bone broth and then the gold juice. Yeah. No, I like you do it together. Huh? I mean, you could do it separately. Well, too. Well, we just Katrina and I just made like a, a bone broth soup and we ate it like a soup. Right. You know, and and then we drank the. But I didn't. You really yeah, actually yeah, you like mixed comboed it. What? You're you're freak. Yeah. It's like it doesn't need to taste good. Actually, not. It's not. It it's actually not bad because the because the because it's got turmeric in it anyway. Bone broth has got that nice. Salty, kind of, you know, oh, yeah. you know, and then you add the gold juice, which is, it's not, uh, it's not, not complimentary. It's not right. like, yeah. So it's, it's actually pretty. The green juice, I don't think would go good with the foam broth, mm. but the gold juice is not, yeah. was not bad. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I like it post because it's got, you know, the, the high doses of the curcumin in it, the anti-inflammatory effects, and so following up a fast with that just to kind of prevent any, you know, re-inflammation that's happening from the refeed. It's kind of my theory behind it. Well, now that you're what, so this is you're off a day. So what does the, the eating look like today? So it's really it's super keto, and so I'll do. I see you have your sardines and macadamia nuts in front it. of us. Exactly. So it's it's a lot of fat, little you know, moderate protein, very 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 low carbohydrate, and then about two weeks into it, then I go uh, maybe more paleo, where I just include some fruit here and there, and then the last week leading up to the next fast, I throw in. Like white rice and uh, and buckwheat, and it's cool to see how my body changes. And what's happening with this whole process is, this fasting, by far, is the most effective thing I've ever done for myself, for uh, intuitive eating. It just when you take a break like that, and, oh, you, and think, you don't, I think that's the best for that. Oh, I'm like Katrina. So Katrina, I don't know if you heard her talking about yesterday when we were at Butcher Box. So she just came off of her fast, and she's like, man, she's like, you know what? I I noticed more than anything. She's like how uh how i like just mindlessly grab food or put things in my mouth totally she's like so many times i caught myself like just because i was doing something around the kitchen or at work somebody had something right in front of me and you just reach for it and and like just mindlessly forget like oh shit i'm fasting right now yeah and so making that that connection she said was pretty wild to her yeah cuz when you're not eating for two or three days you you notice you notice it all because you you oh this is the time i would normally yeah. eat why am i or oh i'm a little anxious and i want to do this or I'm in this environment. And a lot of times, those are the calories that I'm client, killing time, and I just need to go to this place totally. and, and those, eat and sit. Those are the calories that clients I would have that just they didn't count. They count their they wouldn't meal. even track right. them. Yeah, they don't even track them. It's like, yeah. oh, it was just a handful of this. Right? Oh, oh, I just I took had a bite. Of, right? Know, I just had yeah. one Hershey kiss. I just yeah. did one. You know, it's like you do that enough times throughout the day, kind of mindlessly, and before you know it, you've added up 500, 800 calories, and that's a big difference maker for mm -hmm. people. Yeah. You know, so. I, I, I think that was a, a, a big thing. And I think that the of all the benefits that I get from it, it is. It's just reminding myself that I don't need to eat. And those initial like mm -hmm. hunger, you know, quote unquote hunger pains or feelings that you get will pass a lot of times. Your emotions and how you feel around food is so important. It's not even funny. As trainers, we understand that from a getting you to eat healthier standpoint, right? That psychological piece, how important that is. But it goes so it goes so much deeper. Like just your attitude and your your mood and your emotions while you eat. You know, if you're a stress eater, think about that for a second. If you're a stress eater, your body is in a sympathetic stress state and you're feeding it at the same time. So you're raising insulin, raising cortisol. Cortisol makes your body more insulin resistance. You're more inflamed. You're feeding your body, which is going to create more inflammation and more problems later on. 
So that that the whole mental state around food and is so we and we talked about this with Dr. Molly and I was speculating on this. I thought this was for me a little mind blowing to even think about because I would bet money that this is the case. But we know that you know your your how you think influences your body on a physiological level. There's no doubt about that. Well, I don't think it's that long, hard of a stretch to think that if you hate your body a lot, like if you really hate yourself, hate the way you look, and you just you know, you've got that kind of poor self-esteem or poor, you know, your body image is your self-image. If you constantly consciously think of yourself in that negative, terrible way, could your body then start to attack itself as a result? Could your body then mount an immune response mm. based on this thing that you're conceptualizing as this bad thing? And I think that may be, that may be the case. There's this one- an interesting theory. Well, I tell you what. So there's this one disorder. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'll find it. it. It's this this disease that's very strange. Nobody knows what the cause is, and literally, like one arm will get super painful and super inflamed, and it looks like this crazy reaction. And it's I can't again. I can't remember the name of it, but if you go to the doctor, they can't find any cause for it at all. Hmm. They can find no cause for it. Then they'll use the mirror box. You know the same mirror box that they use for people mm-hmm. with um, phantom limb phantom syndrome. Limb. Mm-hmm. They'll use the mirror box. And when the person envisions that hand as being the other hand and they're looking at it, the pain starts to dissipate and then the swelling and everything goes away mm-hmm. all through their perception. That's right. so wild. And that's an actual disorder. And it's rare, obviously, but it's really mysterious. I, I think if you sit and hate on yourself enough over time, I hate my body, got to get in shape. I'm fat. I hate, I'm ugly. And you keep doing that. And besides all the decisions that that makes you make, I wonder if that'll make your body... You know, because you're hating something enough, wouldn't that make you? Couldn't that theoretically make your body want to mount an attack on itself? Well, not Maybe. only that, but I mean, there's a trickle down effect of that, right? If you're you're down, then you're depressed. You're less likely to move. You're more likely to make all bad that, choices. All that. You're you're more likely to have bad relationships with people. And like yeah. when you look at the compounding effect of what that negative thought process could potentially well, do, you, you also look at how quickly people die when when they give up. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, it. it it escalates really fast when they just oh, decide mentally happens. where it's like, I'm, I'm done. The stats on that is ridiculous. Like, like how quick the, the death rate increases after retirement. Dude. Yeah. When Insane. I, when I would train, so I had a lot of clients that were surgeons and they all, I, at one point, so this was when my, at the time, my mother-in-law was really, really sick and I would ask lots of questions, which, you know, thank these, thank God my clients were really patient with me because I would just ask tons of questions trying to figure out how to help her. And one of the things that one of the surgeons told me is she said, I can, you know, you can't always tell if someone's going to make it or not. She goes, but with pretty good accuracy, we can typically tell when someone's close to dying and it has to do with their attitude. We can mm-hmm. tell they just kind of mm-hmm. give in and then they, and then they die. And so after she said that to me, I thought that was crazy because she's, she's a surgeon. She's an objective, like she's a science-based individual. So I asked all my surgeon clients and all the anesthesia, uh, anesthesiologists that I trained. So at the time, I'd probably around eight or 10. And I asked, every, I asked every single one. They all agreed. They said, oh, yeah, no, a lot of times we can tell. So when I knew that, I thought that was really crazy. Then when my mother-in-law, towards the end of her battle with cancer, she went to the hospital to get um, the fluid removed from her abdomen because her cancer was in her stomach. And she was in lots of pain. It causes lots of pain. And she was just, and up until this point, she was, super positive, very graceful, a fighter. Well, she goes in, they drain her. She feels absolutely terrible. They do all this tests on her 
And, you know, I talked to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, all of her organs are functioning normally. We're not in any super dangerous state. He goes, but I think she probably has less than a few months, you know, but right now there's no immediate danger. Well, the next day, my, you know, my, at the time, again, my mother-in-law calls me and says, I want you to come down to the hospital. I go to the hospital and she had invited everybody to come down to the hospital mm. this day. And she, one by one, had a set talk her with, goodbyes, right? Yeah. Set her goodbyes. She knew. We sat in, and I yeah. remember talking to her and I said, I said, but the, I said, listen, I said, you know, I know you want to do this and this is probably a good thing that you're doing this. It's healthy. I said, but you know, they look, your organ function, everything's looking good. So you've got at least a few more months based off of what they're saying. And she goes, I know. She goes, but it's, it's my time. She goes, I just want to say goodbye to you. And she says all these things. And it's really, next day she was dead. Yeah. Next, wow. Next day. Wow. It, yeah. It's crazy. It, I mean, so, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories I, so like I, that. It's, it's, it's really crazy. And we know how much like pain, just pain, how much of pain is the emotion? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a physical sensation of pain, but the emotion surrounding pain is much worse. When you look at it like that, mm-hmm. like how much of our life is really just resisting death? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's fucked up. Oh bro. my God. I have to bring this up just because that's, that's like on the level of this uh, quote that uh, Jose Canseco did on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you get a Jose Canseco quote? Yeah, a Jose Canseco yes. reference. He's like, still around? Yeah. So he says, okay, so this is... <laughs> This was during uh, the um, the last no. This is during the Astros versus the Dodgers, I believe. Like that that World Series like was going on, and so he tweets this okay. out. Um, he says, "Maybe I'm from the upside down. Maybe all humans are invading are are a invading species from another dimension from old open gate would explain evolution." <laughs> like he's referencing like Stranger Things. Like what? If, well, what if that's really what you know has happened? That's what reality is. He hasn't lost his mind. What the fuck? But, he's he's I been mean, totally normal for think, years. Think about that though. Like you, you, you come into this world, and the first half of your life is like this. You, you spend growing, and then the back half of it, I feel like you almost spend dying. And so, in a sense, that the our entire lifespan is resisting it, resisting death, and it's just a matter of time. That yeah. when do you decide to give? I in think a it? big. I think hmm. we're in the between resisting death and a resisting living. Think, I mean, think about it this way. Think about how much of or reality... that's the struggle back and forth. Yeah, right? I yeah. Think, think about it this way. How it's much duality? How much of reality do people just? They just don't. They just fucking. Uh, what's the word? Um, object to or they uh, they don't want to accept as being reality like that's not how it is that's not real that's right. not what's going on with my life right. it's like no actually it is it's your fault most of what's going on right now in your life is your fault <laughs> and you need to you know that's such a you know how what a hard pill that is yeah. to for most oh, people man. is to just accept that like all the stuff that you have going on like i think I, it's empowering i don't know why it's so hard for, i mean i guess i know why it's hard well that's it's, really the enlightenment i mean that's where like all these monks and like you go to these like everything like based off of that, like trying to like go towards enlightenment, it's it's you're you're by yourself, you're you're understanding yourself on a deeper level, and it's like, well, you know, it revolves around my decision making. You know, it's, it's me. Like all this shit is happening to me because this is what I'm creating. Well, reality is there, whether you like it or not. In other words, your circumstances are are there, whether you like it or not. So your choices are deny it and pretend like you're a victim and hate it which is torture, that's hell, that's literally a living hell, or make friends with it and empower yourself to change something about it, if not all of it, so that it changes. Those are your two options. One of them requires responsibility, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, but unfortunately because people don't like that. One of them requires responsibility. The other one requires you just sit back and hate life. And those are really the two options. And I think people 
or fear the responsibility side because they feel like it's more difficult, but it's not. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when people are saying, when they say, oh, eating healthy, eating a healthy diet and exercising consistently is too hard. But the reality is it's way harder to be unhealthy. Right. Like it's way <laughs> Meanwhile, more. they're struggling with all these symptoms and like pains and like random things. Yeah, like, we, we, Where is this coming from? No, we perceive, one we perceive is more difficult only because it's our, we're empowering ourselves to take responsibility and do stuff. The other one only seems easier because it feels like we're sitting back and not doing anything. But the reality is that's, that's way more difficult. You got to drive the car, man. That's it. So true. Grab the wheel. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, our first question is from Amy E. Jolly. With the use of steroids growing among female competitors, how do steroids affect females? What are the short and long-term consequences? Man, you know, it's crazy to see how fast this is um, this is growing right now. Like, the, I, I remember when I was competing, it was uh, obviously very common with, you know, women bodybuilders. Like, if you were getting on stage and you had a masculine physique to you and you have massive right. bu- uh, shoulders. Trying to get yoked. Right. It was, obviously, these women are taking testosterone because the female body just doesn't produce enough testosterone to get a physique like that. But what I thought was crazy was seeing it bleeding into, like you know, the phys- physique and- figure and then bikini athletes yeah. uh, are taking it to the point where I had quite a few of them that would hire me and that would be the question is like do i have to take steroids do i need to take they would ask me so crazy and i'd be like what we're we're entering bikini right and yeah yeah no i I know this person they start rattling off people and coaches that put them on anivar and put them on winstrol and clin and all these different things i'm like oh man are you kidding me like i thought the point of women's bikini was to give you this kind of sexy bikini natural look not for you to be like bone dry shredded fucking vascular and hard <laughs> you know like, yeah if you if you're a female and you you be, want a sex change it's the first thing they do is they put you on steroids they put you on anabolic hormones and, and, and sometimes less than lower doses than what some of these female athletes are taking so you're literally if you're a female and you're giving yourself testosterone you are in essence hormonally telling your body to become uh, male and so all the things that that will happen to your body as a result of becoming more male happen with, with anabolic steroids. I had this years ago. Um, God, this was when I first became a trainer. There was a trainer that worked in the gym with us, and she was jacked. She was on testosterone. She was jacked. She was very muscular, bone dry. She, You could tell she had to shave her face sometimes because she was starting to grow facial hair. Obviously had some, you know, some, some, mental Ill issues with her body and is why she pushed her body so far. I don't even think she competed that much anymore. But anyway, she was very blunt about taking steroids. We'd have competition. We, we'd have uh, conversations. I should say we were all very open We everybody was young. So, you know, she would share certain things. And so somebody, I remember it was me, her and another trainer. And she was telling us about the steroids that she was taking. And she was like, you know, telling us about all the side effects and, you know, the, my buddy's like, you know, do you grow facial hair? And she's like, yeah, you know, I had to get electrolysis, but some of some new ones are coming in, so I have to shave it. And then he goes, jokingly, he's like, 
you know, are you growing a dick? And, you know, he starts laughing. And she goes, well, actually, my clit is really big. It grew quite a bit from the steroids. And yeah. so, okay. We should pull up some of those images. And so there. she, so she. <laughs> no, we don't need to. <laughs> so she, It's Monday. She yeah. told us how big her, her clit had gotten. And it's like wow. the end of my, it's like the last knuckle out of my pinky. So it's like a, like a massive for a clit massive but like a small penis yeah and she's saying when she gets aroused it gets erect and all this other stuff because that's no what happened. Way. well yeah because the, the, the clitoris in, in a woman Trips does become out. erect but it's small right so she grew that her voice was fucked she she was growing facial hair and i'm sure if she stays on it she probably lo- start losing her hair and the way she started to store body fat was more male so she started to like if she let herself go a little bit, she'd yeah, like store a, get like a belly around her waist. Yeah, you know, and so that's the long term consequences. I mean, short term. Here's the other thing, and that doesn't reverse, right? A lot of those don't reverse. A lot of the, yeah, a lot no. of times it doesn't reverse. A lot of that stuff doesn't reverse. And here's the thing too: is uh, you know, if a man takes testosterone, he's not going to have the the potential for him to have radical changes in his psychology and his in his mental state. Are, are much lower than with the female because the female brain is so sensitive to testosterone because they have low levels of, they have very, very, very low levels of testosterone in their blood. So when they take an anabolic steroid, even the milder ones like Anavar or whatever, they're still taking hundreds of times more or whatever than, than their bodies are currently producing mm-hmm. and it changes how they think. And so if I've had friends, a lot of female friends who are on Adelbox, and it fucks with their moods. It fucks with everything. Yeah. Mm. It makes them act weird, feel weird. Well, I'm going to say it, and I know some people are going to get offended or pissed off by it, but I mean, it, hands down, this is, it's way more dangerous, way more risky, worse for female than it is for men. Mm-hmm. And I know there's women out there that I've talked to that, you know, take, you know, oh, that's, those are crazy doses or long periods of times. And yeah, you're right. The, the more you take, the obviously there's more risk to it. The less you take, there's less risk to it. But you know the the risk involved for a female versus a male that's messing with uh, you know steroids is totally different, man. It's totally different, and I think that it's a lot scarier for for women to do that. I mean, if I was a a female competitor, the the only way I would can if you're somebody who who identified more with a male and you were okay with going down that path that you would potentially kind to take on a lot more male traits and you wanted that like I mean who am I right. to say that well to, that makes sense right because like right. They, they sort of buy into that idea and go all the way forward with it but uh, yeah first for like your average female that just wants to present themselves on stage look a little leaner you know. Uh, have more muscle definition well, like man well, Sal, did you a- did you look up this uh did you look up this person's instagram in the first place no, no i didn't i wanted to look them up and see so a normal testosterone level for a woman is around you know middle mid-range would be around 40 uh nanograms per deciliter a man's a healthy man is gonna be around 700 to 800 so just to give you an example of the magnitude of difference right so a man is around 20 times higher levels of testosterone naturally than a woman. So a woman's body is extremely sensitive to testosterone. When you give her even a small dose of testosterone or a small dose of anabolic steroids, you have really elevated their levels quite a bit. And it changes. It's it's no different than, think about it this way. If you're a woman and you take birth control and you feel all the changes in your body that birth control can sometimes cause uh, where you feel you know differently, maybe you feel more... You know, some women would say they'll feel more emotional, more moody, they'll feel more appetite, whatever. Think of all those changes. And that's with an estrogen type of 
hormone or progesterone or whatever. Imagine if you gave your birth control to your husband or your boyfriend. How different do you? How much more of a radical change would he go through right. taking female hormones? Right, right. Well, you're doing that with a male hormone. There's no, there's absolutely no reason. This why. girl is way too fit and pretty to be fucking with steroids. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. yeah, she's got a great, she's got a great physique already. I wonder if she's asking just because of her peers and stuff because it, it, she doesn't look. Well, like, what's the yeah. promise, right? The promise is if you take testosterone or you take steroids, you'll get leaner uh, and you'll build more muscle and you'll speed up your metabolism. Will that happen if you take anabolic steroids? Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll definitely happen. You're 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 getting more of the male hormone. What will also happen is your skin's going to change. Um, Acne is quite common, especially with women. What, yeah, but what if she's? What if these Lower girls? Because a girl, like, I'm looking at her page now, and she doesn't strike me as someone one that would even be thinking about taking like testosterone. And then two, like, what are your? What I see more predominant in the bikini competitors, and that's what she would fall under because she's very small and petite. Uh, would be like uh, Anavar, Winstrol, Clembuterol. So she well, made- Anavar and Winstrol are still uh, derivatives of testosterone, right? They're still anabolic hormones. Clen is a you know uh, it, that's it's not a hormone. Clen is a that's where you're fucking with your thyroid. Yeah, no, it's not a thyroid either. It's a uh, it was an asthma. Oh, drug. really? Yeah, no, thyroid would. I be- I thought it would fuck your thyroid up if you take it too long. Um, I mean, maybe indirectly, but it's not a thyroid hormone. So Clen is a asthma medicine. It's a I think it's a beta two agonist. It's called and hmm. and uh, that works through completely different mechanisms. <clears throat> then you have thyroid hormones that people will fuck with, like T two. Like yeah, T four, yeah. or they'll take Synthroid, which is T three and T four. Um, the 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 Again, with thyroid hormones, are you potentially setting yourself up for issues with your thyroid later on? Maybe. You may actually promote the development of antibodies. You could develop a autoimmune issue as a result of taking thyroid when you don't need it. And thyroid can give you some – can fuck with your heart. So that's – I mean, honestly, it's it's crazy. It's like can you get far as a female competitor not taking anabolics – and not taking drugs, I think the odds that you you can go far with good genetics are much higher for a woman than they are for a man. I think for a man in the competitive space, even if you have great genetics, it's, it's really hard to go far. Because- well, I think that's the argument that some of the women are making now is that it's becoming so competitive and so it's becoming so predominant within <clears throat> the women that it's like if you're going to get that dry, that hard of a look that these these drugs are almost necessary to compete at the highest level. And so I think that's what you just have to ask yourself if that's do you do you care about competing that much like have you, you ever about- have you ever coached or been with someone a woman that went on anabolics and then you you monitored and watched their changes or have you been around so no I w- all the females that I coached were all uh, bikini competitors and I had one physique competitor so none of them I was okay with them taking and I but I've had some of them that were with other coaches and with me everybody who coached with me. I always wanted to coach you first natural. And I was, but that wasn't because I was like anti drugs. Like, if you wanted you want to see what their body, could yeah, do. I was just, I'm like, listen, if you want my help and you want me to give you good, like, good advice on what you should do nutritionally or even potentially hormonally, I need to know what you're like normal. Like, I need to know what no drugs, no nothing in looks like. Look what it looks like. Let me manipulate just your nutrition, your activity, and your, your programming. And then from there, we together we can discuss. Okay, if you really want to take this to another level, like potentially, what types of drugs would you fuck with? 
So I never had any of these girls on any of this. I never used any of those drugs. We never had to. I just... For women's bikini, I think you can go all the way natural for most bodies. And I'm a very straightforward guy, too. Like, So if I see a girl's physique who just doesn't have the genetic... And it's no different for women as it is for men. So what's similar is, I mean, genetics still are number one, man. Now, if you have... If you have an odd shaped body, if you have very boxy and square shoulders and hips, you know, and you don't have much of an ass and a backside to you and you're just disproportionate, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder. No drug is going to fix that. Like no drug is going to make you uh, genetically different. Mm -hmm. It's going to enhance already these things that, you know, it can enhance the ability for us to build muscle to enhance the ability for us to burn fat. But it won't it won't change your muscle origins insertions. It won't change if you have a long torso and a short torso. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these uh, just aesthetically pleasing physiques that we look at, a lot of that is genetics. A lot of these people have got pretty damn good symmetry before they even got into heavy, really heavy into weight training and dieting and things like that. And so now that they've got this pretty good symmetry and now they've learned to program well and eat well, they build these great physiques. But then you have the average Jane or Joe, which I think I fall into that category of an average Jane or Joe type of a body and says, hey, I want to compete at that level. Well, you know, and I obviously I was taking anabolics to get to the professional level. There's no way that my my genetics would ever allow me to get on a pro. Naturally. Yeah, naturally in a pro. There's just they don't exist. There's no there's even guys that have great genetics are, are on on gear in the men's physique and the bodybuilding divisions. Like it's just it's impossible to mm -hmm. even compete at that level. Yeah, I think the the important thing, too, to keep in mind, if you're a female and you're considering this, the behavioral changes in a woman are can be significantly worse on testosterone or, or anabolics than in a man. That's a good point. Much, much worse. And, uh, you know, and again, I've known women to do this and I've had several of them say after like, oh man, I felt crazy. I felt like I was going crazy. Like the, the and that's just because, you know, a, an estrogen dominant brain is, is fundamentally different than a testosterone dominant brain. And so, and your brain changes, by the way, your brain will change as your hormones change. Evidence will show that now. Mm. So, you're changing who you are on a kind of a fundamental level when you're messing with these things. I mean, if, if just, you know, educate yourself, if that's what you're willing to do and it's your body, right. go for it. But otherwise I do not think it's a good idea. Next question is from Skamineski. What are the best gym exercises to show beginners that could benefit just about anyone? I have a corporate client that just put in a new gym and they want me to give a quick group intro to the gym machines and exercises. Don't really have time to assess individual movement patterns. Oh my God, this is tough. Yeah. What are well? What are the exercises that obviously there's an individual variance, right? But what are the exercises that you guys like your go-to to start with well, with people? Of course, you're going to do a squat assessment Squatting on it, patterns, right? Right away. Right. But here's the thing, though: yeah. if I'm teaching a group and I've got all age ranges in there, and I'm showing like a squat, that can like quickly get away from me. Oh, for sure. I yeah. I know right away fucking 75% of them are going to have terrible mechanics. Yeah. I mean, that's why why I had a job. I had a job because it's the most fundamental or one of the best exercises you can show to a beginner is to teach them how to squat properly. And I know that majority of people can't do that. And so it's, it's really tough to answer a question like this because you're asking a very generic question you yeah. know, to, to show what, gen, what, what movements would you show a, a group to be honest, what I would do now is completely different than what I would do before. And a good example of, you know, the type of movements that I show uh, beginners like this 
is um, I teach a lot of like what's in our Prime Pro. So, or which is also, you know, a lot of stuff pulled from like FRC. So Ken stretch type of movements that I think that a lot of people will benefit from. And those being like your, your 90 nineties and working on ankle mobility, other different and progressions to the 90 90, um, doing stuff for their, like a wall test or their, uh, for their upper cross syndrome, because almost everybody you're going to get that walks into the gym for the first time is going to have that's going to suffer from upper and lower cross syndrome which right away tells me that any movement pattern that they do they're they're going to deviate from the ideal like mechanics right so it's a really tough thing like if i i would if i'd rather not show them you know machine exercises at all or even a squad i would teach them like some movements to get better connected to their body and teach that now if you don't have that flexibility to do that i mean I would spend the entire time around the squat and using that person. Yeah, I'd bring, one exercise. Right, like, one exercise and, and like- That would be my move. Right, sure. and, and bring up each, you know, as many people as you can individually and talk about, you know, why this movement is so- Well, think about how impactful that would be too because you could show the variance- um, Between know, each, each other. Each person performing right. the exercise, how that quickly, like, um, you know- turned into a totally different thing. Like right. just, just watching each person as they bring in, um, you know, their movement patterns and what specifically is going on with their joints. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very tough, very tough question. It's, it's hard to, to generalize because you could, you could put together like, you know, you need a squat, you need overhead press, you need I, a deadlift. I know. would go down to um, Home Depot. I would go get myself a, you know, little one inch PVC pipe, you know, that's about four or five feet long, costs you about a dollar, two dollars you'll get from Home Depot. I'd get one of those. And then I would literally use our prime test, or so our maps prime test. That's the the three zones, and I would have I would have gather them all around. I'd put the pipe on the three points that we show in the videos and the demos in there, and I would make you know three to four of them come through and show them what their mechanics should look like when they squat or perform any other movements, how they should be able to keep these three points into contact, which all this is in prime. See, what's, what sucks about this question is because they're saying it's, they have a corporate client that put in a new gym, and they want me to give a quick group intro to the gym. And if they do a bunch of prime stuff, they're not touching any machine. Right, I know, I know. Hey, That's... welcome to the new gym. We're all going to be on the floor here. We're not but if I'm a, but this <laughs> person, obviously wall. this person is a gym. Obviously they have this relationship with a client and, and I'm going to be fucking thinking like a trainer where I'll. You're doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to do the right thing. And I also know that also leads to them inquiring about my services. Right. It's like I and I would actually start it with this. Like, listen, what I can do for you guys in this new beautiful gym, and I can show you how to use every. I can show you how to use every one of these machines, right? But what I know because I've been doing this for a really long time. You don't have the prerequisites to perform all these exercises. Exactly, and let me show let me show what I mean by prerequisites and why most of you. And I would start to call volunteers up Mm -hmm. to demonstrate a couple of these movements. And then I would still look back at them and say, listen, I could still come over here and show you guys all these different machines and how they work, but know that if we can't do these three basic movements properly, that there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and that's where I would recommend. Dude, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, the more aware you become of movement, the, the easier it is for you to pick to see dysfunction in everyday people. Yeah. And like the other day, you know, when we were hiking with the kids, we were at, uh, was it the Pinnacles? And this this car drives up, and it's a group of like dudes in their twenties, all obviously lift weights. They've cut, they're kind of like bros, right? They all showed up in like 
these like either tight shorts and, and tank tops or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> to do this hike. And I'm looking at all of them. And obviously, you know, uh, Jessica's also a trainer. So both of us are pretty aware of when we can tell people lift weights or we can tell when people train. And we're looking at these guys and their movement was terrible. All of them had horrible posture. One guy had forward head and forward shoulder and anterior pelvic tilt so bad, but he also had a lot of muscle surrounding it. And really when you see this, you realize that, you know, when you just go to the gym and just work out, can you can you build muscle? Yeah, you can build muscle, but if you don't if you don't foster better movement patterns, mm. all you're doing is you're building armor around your shitty movement. You're literally you're literally cr- strengthening all the bad dysfunction and just making it more muscly and more more dominant. Well, and and this is where you get all these these dudes and girls that work out all the time and then hurt themselves with some basic you know, uh, you know, my I had a family member the other day that freaking slipped a disc lifting a, a box off the floor. Works out all the time. It's because you got bad function and you strengthen that bad function and you develop muscle around it. But yeah. you have to do this stuff, otherwise you're you're fucking yourself. It just reminds me. I was training a client and one time, and they pointed out like a statement I made. A lot of times, I'll just say things, and it's just because it's it's on on the spot, right? Like I, I see. Um, you know, movement patterns, or I see things that I'm trying to articulate sort of the process of it. And uh, one thing I said to her, I was like, well, you know, either you're, you're building muscle through momentum or you're building muscle through intention. And so it's like, you can, you can just keep going aimlessly towards building muscle and yeah, you'll build muscle, but you know, what, how are you going to use that muscle? How, how's it going to affect your movement? How's it going to affect all these other things? You have to have the intent behind it. Uh, to, to be the driver. So it, it's one of those things, like I think a lot of people don't realize well, it's more, how complicated it it's is. It's more important now than it's ever been. I mean, I'm I'm fascinated with what I've seen even with myself, right? So this was the most uh, time that I've taken off of being consistent with my training and everything. Like this, that little, I don't know, it was probably about a three-month window there between my injury and the, the hormone stuff and going on where I just was not in the gym consistently. And I have, I felt myself in that short window. I felt my forward head come out more than I ever had before. Because I, when I went back to revisiting our zone one test, I couldn't believe how much more challenging it was for me than just a year previously when we created the program and we were going through it. Because at least then I was training and I was doing things to combat what my day looks like now. And my never in my life, my days never looked like this before. Ne- uh, just five years ago, four years ago, okay? Four years in the, in the 30 previous years of that, never as my day consisted of potentially sitting at a laptop or looking at my phone for six to eight hours in a day. And it realistically looks at like that. Now, I know this is me and my personal life. Now, how many other people have their lives changed like that in the last 10 years? Because 10 years ago, 15 years ago for sure, a lot of jobs didn't look like that. There wasn't a lot of jobs where you're just staring at a computer screen. I mean, the computer was just getting evolved around that time. Now it's necessary. Like your computer skills are necessary. And now everybody has got a smartphone. So look at your posture the next time you look at your phone. Look at your posture the next time you look at your computer and then ask yourself, how often do you do this? And then ask how many people around us are doing this now and it's becoming 
progressively worse. So I know this probably isn't the way this person wanted us to answer this question, but somebody's got to fucking start saying things about other. Otherwise, you're really not a good trainer if you just go around and you just show all these machines. You got to at least communicate that. Yeah. Because I understand too, if you're being hired for a specific thing, like, hey, I need you to show people how these work. Like literally well, they need to know how to turn them on or- That's the thing. Like you can, you can have that moment to educate and you can kind right. of point out- um, you know, that, that it's like all these variables exist and, and this is something that we need to acknowledge. Now I can perform all these exercises. Awesome for you. I'm going to show you in demo, you know, these specific exercises will probably do the best for a beginner, but that's me performing them. Right. I, I used to show, I used to do this, right? So I used to do like some of my fits like this, my, our, our free appointments that we used to do where I would take somebody who asked, like if you ask me specifically, like I want to know how to use the machines here. I would like I would like to do that. It's my free assessment. Could you teach me machines? Absolutely, I could do that. You know, and I would do that. And I would take them through. And each machine that I would show them, get them on, I get them on a shoulder press, like a machine shoulder press. And they would be doing. It. I'm like, oh, this is how you do this and this and that. And then I get them in, have them doing. It, and say, now these are the things that you need to pay attention to because you're in this machine. Notice that your low back is starting to arch off. You're slouching. Your core is not activated. You don't have good posture. Now this is the problem with like these machines. And then I just move on to the next one. And I keep doing that. I'd point out all <laughs> yeah. the areas and and what what like it would notice be. yourself right you know, in this so position. I, what I give them doing. what they yeah. want, but at the same time too, I'm giving them bits of information and education around why this probably isn't ideal for them. I'm not even gonna say that. I'm I'm going to say, don't do this is bad for you because he asked for that, right? He or she asked me for that. So I'm going to give you what you want. But while I'm doing that, I'm, I'm planting seeds, right? And letting them know that, yeah, this is how this machine works. But really, and let's be honest, machines were, were designed for hypertrophy and rehabilitation. Most people that are coming here right. are looking for overall they want a more health or controlled fat loss. environment, really. Right, right, right. And it's not what's ideal for you. What's ideal for you is for you to get better connected to your body and movements that force you to do that, that, you know, are that make you contract and hold your core and keep neutral spine while you're that not something that's going to allow you to cheat the movement. You know what? You know, they did studies. They've done studies on um, companies that have a good like wellness fitness program and then they'll measure the, the, the employees. They'll test the employees who are actually working out and eating right and how much Less money it, they are. Yeah. How much money it costs to provide that for them and then how much money the company saves in in return with I've increased productivity, decreased sick, you know, sick days, like all these different things. But the the flaw in those studies is they're taking people who are working out consistently and eating right. Just because you have a gym in your corporate facility doesn't mean you're going to reap the benefits of that gym or that you're going to get your money back. You could spend a hundred thousand dollars outfit your 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 corporation or your building with a small gym with some machines, a Smith machine. Typically, right? It's like five machines, bunch of cardio, and a Smith machine, maybe. And they'll be like, cool, we invested $150,000. We should be able to get that back and employee, you know. No, you're not because nobody's using it right. I think the smarter thing to do would be get a smaller facility with some like dumbbells on the floor and then have some trainers actually offer good services and teach people and correct exercise how to move properly, that'll give you way more in return. Well, which is require more planning. Which may be what's being offered to this trainer right now, right? You've got this client who's a big CEO of a big company. They've decided to open up their own little space where their people can work out. And I look to my trainer who I pay $100 an hour and I say, hey, you know, can I pay you to come you know, to my corporate and kind of show or my corporate office gym and show these my 50 employees you know, how to use all the machines in there? I would appreciate it. 
So you probably are going to have to show all that because that's what they're asking you to do. And you can, but while you're doing that. Maybe afterwards show them how to like take them through a correctional exercise course. Yeah. It'll blow their mind. Oh, yeah. no. I, that's why. I mean, use the tools that we've provided for you. I mean, this is why this is why most our trainers own all the primes and prime. If you're a trainer, you don't know prime and prime pro and you listen to the show. What the fuck are you doing? Because <laughs> yeah. that those were like made for trainers to help to give you a tool to help you assess people and to also you know if you're uh trouble well, simplify it too because like you know as we're talking it starts to get kind of away from us because it gets like a little bit complex like when you try and like articulate like where you start like it's it, it's kind of a lot so we simplify it by just adding three things to check right next question is from maddie lee 217 do your significant others ever feel upset about some of the information that you share about your personal lives <laughs> on the podcast? Oh my God, you put that one up here. That's Damn. funny. Well, yeah. uh, at the beginning, Sal's definitely did. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it was the last <laughs> it led straw. to a divorce. It was the last straw that broke <laughs> oh, the camel's back. So bad to laugh about that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. somewhat responsible. No, I, I, yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, obviously I'm a, I'm a, you know, my nickname was Big Mouth when I was growing up. I have a couple nicknames. That was one of them. And I tend to do that if I'm going to, I talk, the way I talk on the podcast is generally how I talk uh, to everybody. Now, of course, I watch my language depending on my audience and I'm not, the topics sometimes will be different. But if I'm expressing an opinion or I'm talking about myself, I don't uh, ever, uh, you know, I'm pretty much uncensored. I just talk and communicate and I'm pretty honest. And I think that's the way people should communicate. My ex uh, was much more private, much, 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 much more private with how she communicated things. And I mean, we had been together for a long time, so she knew how I was. So we got on the podcast and I just was me. There was, it wasn't anything different. I wasn't pretending to be anybody else, but she had a big problem with that because I would talk about, you know, sex and I'd talk about my experience with, you know, you know, personal, just personal stuff, which it was nothing crazy, but yeah, it definitely bothered her quite a bit. Now, now with Jessica, it's not, it's never an issue. In fact, she pushes me to be more and more honest, even more. Like she'll say, like you, you should go into depth about this. I'm like, are you sure? People, <laughs> you know, they might think this or whatever. And she's like, who cares? It's the truth. So yeah. she's cool with it. But I, yeah, I, I don't know how you could. I, I wouldn't be able to do this with somebody who had problems with. Yeah, I think Courtney just gives me autonomy. You know, she just lets me. Um, Does she listen to the show? No. Yeah. See, she has no idea. Yeah, but that, <laughs> she no, but she's <laughs> she's very like. Uh, she's in the forums, which is reads. also respect for all that too, though. That's part of it. Is it's like, I don't yeah, need to be in his business. You know what I'm honestly, it's, it's that it's like, you know, she knows, you know, she, she watches stuff I do on, on Instagram and this and that, but she never like, like gets like all in it, you know? And like, she, she just knows that, um, I'm going to do things the way I'm going to do them and I'm going to do it. You know, she, she really doesn't, I mean, she has a, a, a big say in it, of course, but she just knows that I, I respect boundaries uh, already, you know, the, in the relationship, we've established that. Like the honesty f- factor to that started from day one, and and that was something that was like such a, a high priority because we had both been in relationships where it was like had to hide things, right? You know, and like she, her to the extreme of that, like she couldn't. You know, she, <laughs> it was funny because uh, I never told this, but um, my name and her phone was uh, I think it was Justina, the the trainer. Like I was supposed to be like a girl trainer. Uh, to her, to <laughs> to her boyfriend. From her boyfriend. Right. <laughs> Justina. So I was Justina forever. Because you would have had a problem with her training with a male? Of course. 
unfounded problem. It's what? Not like, it's not like she would have ever dated her trainer and then married him. It never would have <laughs> never would have worked out that way, right? It sounds like he was on the road. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. strength is his, yeah. I guess he's kind of a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, it was it was just like I don't know. I think it's it's just if you know if you know your partner you respect your partner like you're, you're gonna talk about certain things and like you're gonna stretch boundaries and then maybe like you'll think to yourself like oh maybe i shouldn't have brought that up but at the end of the day it's it, nothing is malicious you know it's like it maybe will bring something up that's like uncomfortable or like you know personal but it's with good intent for you know other people to benefit from or it's like something like some therapeutic reason you know like it's not it's nothing that where i'm like i'm trying to put my family on blast or you know i always i think these things through as we we talk about on the show well i I think that um well first of all at the beginning i'd have to say that i probably drove katrina a little crazy at the beginning because at the beginning i think i really embraced the the kind of loud out there crazy topic talking edgy conversation stuff past relationship shit like i really embodied that personality on the show because i felt like we needed it i felt like there was two you had the the two married guys with the kids and stuff like that and i'm like and, and it sucked for my girl because we're pretty much married but because i'm not married i can get away with more and well, plus we, we, yeah we were playing off that quite a bit we, we did like, we we, we i'm the single guy there. and so i kind of I, I i kind of embraced at the beginning and that was kind of uh, a thing that you know i remember and it never bothered katrina to where it ever led to a fight or an argument or her being mad at me, it, it led more to me like coming because she listens to every single show. She's listened to every, she listens to every single show before I do. And, you know, I'd come home and she'd just be like, kind of like looking at me and I'd have like to, and she'd be like, oh, another, another douchebag moment today. <laughs> and, and then I'd go listen and I'd hear it and I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, sorry, honey, type of deal. But with us, you know, always since day one, I mean, like you, Justin, uh, you know, Katrina and I had, uh, I've told the story, I believe, on this podcast multiple times of the moment when I knew that I was in love with her, that she hates me sharing. But it's so true. And it's because we have established this, you know, radical honesty in our relationship. And that's one of the things that she absolutely says that she loves and adores about me is that she knows that I can ask me the deepest, darkest question or the most challenging thing for a man, right? If a woman asks you, how do I look or what is this? And I will give the brutal, honest answer. Oh, what's in my mind? Like it just, I've trained myself to say what's in my mind. And I know that sometimes that's going to be offensive. And I know sometimes people are going to be offended by that and they are going to get angry or my words aren't going to come out perfectly. But what I can say is it's, it, it, it is who I am and it's, it is what's in my mind. And I also believe with like partnerships and relationships and marriages, I think so many people think that, you know, uh, oh, once you get married or once you get into this partnership, we become one and it's it's our journey together. And I don't believe in that. I, I don't believe that uh, it's my responsibility to make her happy. And I don't believe it's her responsibility to make me happy. I believe we're two people on two individual different journeys and we, we've uh, found each other and we've chosen to share those journeys together. And so I think trying to conform somebody to be a certain way or to say things a certain way or not do that would be awful. And I would never be able to make it in a relationship like that. And I think because her and I are both on that same page, 
Um, I don't think it, she would ever get that upset over. It. But yeah. absolutely, she gives me jabs, you know, for sure. But I love that now. Like so, now I rarely ever listen to our show. But she's my she's my great gauge on on you know the way I speak on here or the topics that I bring up or the things that we talk about or how I convey a message. Mm-hmm. Or she, obviously, she's probably heard almost every story I've ever shared on here. So she's even one to tell me like, uh, you really didn't share that story very well. You tell it so <laughs> much. You tell that story so much better. You know, like yeah. she's heard it and she's like, or she'll come. Maggie, she'll, I mean, she'll tell me when I do well. She'll be like, oh my God. She's like, I haven't heard you share that story since we first started dating. It was so much better hearing it on the pod. Like, so mm-hmm. I love that. And so I get this great feedback from her and she doesn't hold anything back if she thinks I sound like a douchebag or an asshole. And she'll tell me and uh, I love that. It's but. there's it's such an empowering feeling to live an authentic, honest life. And, and when people think honest, they think- So much well, that freedom mean, in that. Yeah, they think, oh, you need to be this- you know, pious, like super good individuals. Like, no, it, but honesty tends to lead you to that direction because when you live honestly, it's a mirror. You have it reflects back at you how you live. So mm-hmm. it's easier to do shit that you that you probably don't want to do. Or what I should say is, it's easier to do things you know you shouldn't do when you lie about it. When you're honest, you can still do things you don't want to do, but then you have to be honest about it and. That many times you leads you. Piper. It many many times it leads you to be a better person, but it's super empowering. What happens when you live a life where you're not a fully authentic and you're you lie here and there? Is it bleeds into everything and it, and it, you cre- it creates this this alternate life? You start to live as someone else that you're not, and that's torture. It's terrible. Yeah. So oh, I, we see this in our space a lot. In our space, as you start to see these bigger name people that are either podcast or YouTube or Instagram celebrities, you know, they've built, and I, I could totally identify with this because I remember when we first started the show, I did sometimes feel like I was playing into a character than really being myself. And, uh, you know, and that part of that is being, you know, trying to figure out the formula and mm-hmm. is this what people want to hear? And now we all, we have the, it's funny, we started off with a zero fucks mentality, but I really believe that we've really truly evolved to that now because we have, we've created a sustainable business around that now. Now I can really be authentic and a hundred percent be who I am, which isn't always the guy who's talking about the single Well, it's type not of easy. It's not easy being super authentic. It actually takes practice. Yeah. It does because oh, yeah. so much of you is, okay, well, how is this person going to receive it? What are they going to think? What do I think? Right. When you're not authentic, you don't even know what you, you don't, you might not even know what authentic is. Like, the crazy part is that the, I think, and that was really what radical, what was so cool about radical honesty was that the more I, I learned to apply that, the more I got away with and the more I thought people would, that began to appreciate of course. it. And you, and it's, you know, so sometimes like the things that you think like, oh God, I, I can't say that, but it's on my mind and I believe it. Like if it's on my mind and I believe it, I'm going to say it. Well, it might be shocking initially, right? right? Like for the person to receive, but the more frequent, like they just, they know that it's endearing quality after uh, they, they've heard that they know that they can count on the information being like honest and, and being from your mm-hmm. heart. And even if it's like, <laughs> it, it causes a little bit of, you know, temporary kind of sting. Uh, people tend to get over that quickly when they know it's coming from a genuine place. Right. Yeah, and and personally, I don't know about you guys. And actually, I do know about you guys because we've talked about this. Try censoring me; it'll it'll make things so much worse for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like if if somebody tries to censor me, it doesn't work. It doesn't work well for you. And in fact, it causes me to usually do the opposite of what you're trying to force me to do. 
And that is especially true when it comes to the words that That's I say. What we all have in common. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. You can't. Well, the show would have never. Me to do the anything. show would never had been able to to do what we've done where we're at now. And so that had we had any of us had partners that had and the, hence why I mean we talk about it. I mean obviously the, there was other things in Sal's relationship previously and stuff like that that have, had led this, but for sure the podcast was the straw that broke the camel's mm-hmm. back and. It would have broke any of our backs if we would have if we would have had a partner that was like that because we had all agreed yeah. that we're we're coming. It wouldn't out. have been possible. Yeah, and, and I'm you know it's I don't know I, I think that's when you know you have a really good uh, partner or or husband or wife or whatever when they when they truly do support and that's love. what having someone's back actually means. Right. It right. doesn't mean good or bad. You know, good it doesn't or bad. mean you 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 agree with everything that they do. It means that they feel like they can be truly authentic and honest with you. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. And, and even when like Katrina criticizes, I really genuinely feel that way that it's not her like angry, upset at me. She's taking her emotions like that. It made her feel a certain way. It's like, this is my honest feedback as just a normal listener. Like take mm-hmm. it, take it with what you want. I'm not telling you you say it or don't say it. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Like, but this is what it sounds like when you say that. So yeah, I think there's a difference in that when then, then you have the girl who you've probably everyone's dated before. Who's jealous and insecure. And that's, why, how she's saying things everything she's criticizing because it it's has from no, there exactly it's from that place it's not has nothing really to do with what you're saying even though it's the things that you're saying is triggering that in her and it's really more about her insecurities that's causing her to be that way where i don't think any of us have women like that next question is from heart on my thumb can priming help in the bedroom any particular Ooh. moves to prime for party time? <laughs> this is, you put this up there. This is a Justin question. For yes, this question. Question. party party time. Heart on my thumb. Bedroom mobility. Yeah. How can you? How do you prime? I mean, oral. I mean, I mean, yeah, what do you do? It you're, depends you're on how aggressive of, you know this session is going to be. Right? Yeah, I can't imagine. First of all, you got to think no, about intensity. No, 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 no. See, I think there's so there's bedroom priming, but yeah, it's not it's not I mean, ninety ninety. Let's and, start with the body and then work our way towards the rituals. Well, right? I think that I think that you're all stretching and shit yeah, before you. Yeah, I think <laughs> exactly. we can all agree that most of most of uh, I mean, sex is physical because you obviously feel your partner, but much of sex is um, mental. And mm-hmm. so I think, um, and I, for sure, being a fucking 36-year-old man, and it's totally different than asking 25-year-old version of me of this, there's definitely steps and things uh, that I do to prime myself to be in that space. Like, and, and I do it based off of, like, if I know that uh, we have it. Like, wait, maybe we, it's a couple days have gone by, right? Because my girl freaks out if she doesn't get it, like, every other day. So, <laughs> like, say a couple days have gone by, two, three days have gone by, and we haven't. Like, and maybe I'm just, we got a lot going on, mind pump, we're flying here, there, and I'm just, I'm not there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not in that space. It requires me to kind of mentally prime myself that way. So um, there's different things that I have. I have some stuff that uh, I've shared on the podcast, and I have some personal secret stuff that I haven't shared on the podcast before that I do 100%. Ooh, tell us. Well, I'll tell you the stuff I've told you before, which is for sure... The reading together has been uh, reading together and Brain FM have been like epic things for me for sure. It's been game changer for for us to do that. Um, but we'll also like even just going for a walk. So like it, you know, if I know that that night like it's important that we have uh, some intimacy because I've been neglecting. Because if, if anyone's gonna neglect that, it's me. I'm the guy who I she's always touchy feely. She's definitely always reminding me of how much she loves me. She's incredible when it comes to the intimacy side. I'm the one who's awful with that. 
And so it does require some sort of a priming sometimes to get myself in that space and out of the other space, which is fucking work mode all the time. So a, a great walk in the evening uh, with her is a great way to kill multiple birds with one stone because I'm getting steps in, I'm burning calories. Where it's therapeutic, it's meditative to do that. It also creates this connection with her. And I, I never would have thought I'd say shit like this too. By the way, you know, at 25, going for walks just sounds ridiculous. Sounds <laughs> old, right? I would never do that. But knowing that where I'm at in my life now, and, and I'm sure a lot of mid 30s and 40 year old people can relate to this you know, this stuff really helps. It really helps me to go take this walk to, for us to open up or read a book together or listen to a book together. And then the, obviously the brain FM focus is when shit's happening. You know, it's where we're already getting, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the transition. That's the, the same beat. Yeah. That's yeah. the, that's the segue into it's game time. But leading up to that, those are, those are all steps that I do. I also, uh, last Valentine's day, I'm going to fuck this up, honey. I don't know if it was last Valentine's day or the one before, she made a um, very sexy book for me of her. Like, so what last year, last year, the year before, it was the year before when we got in really, she got in really good shape for one of my shows with me. And then she went and did a photo shoot. So I have this really cool, really nice, hardback, beautiful book. And it's just all these great photos of her. So like, tell you what, nothing, pretty cool. yeah, I could be totally in another space, work mode, thinking about other stuff Look like that. Those pictures? Yeah, I'll yeah. flip through that book and like <laughs> real quick, it'll like, transfer. Oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, I'm like, oh shit. And it's actually kind of, it, it blows my mind that it has this power because I ha I've had this book now for well over a year, I think two years now. And it's not that often that I, I, I go pull it out of my, because it's in my dresser, right? I don't you better eat. hide that shit when you have kids. Well, I, it's in my dresser. <laughs> yeah, it's in the <laughs> dresser. Friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I found dad's porn. <laughs> what the? Oh, oh shit. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So these things, but what I was saying that what blows my mind is that um, how well it does work. Because you think, because you've seen, I've seen all those photos a million times. I've seen her naked a million times, right? And we've been together for seven years. It's crazy that uh, how easily we either, you could say, take for granted your partner or how easily we become distracted of other priorities in our life mm -hmm. that you forget about that stuff. And so it, to me, uh, and yeah, I, you might have been searching for movements as far as like mobility and stuff. <laughs> I know. That's like the silly go-to, right? right. It would have been like, you know, pumping. You know, a few times just to get a nice like chub and then like come back to it later. <laughs> you know, you could say something like that. <laughs> right. But yeah, we're not going to go that dirty direction. Well, uh, you could. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to give you like the real truth because I Doug's believe. Doug's been cracking down on me with that. I mean, I, I, I think of uh, party time, bedroom time. And getting myself ready for that. For me, uh, I've taken care of my my body. Well, I will. Okay, here's something on the body. I definitely see this with myself personally. Again, speaking from my personal experience, um, I can connect with a lot. I think a lot of women can agree with this. I don't know how many men are the same way, but I am for sure way more sexually active and want it more when I feel good about myself. This like part of this whole like the testosterone thing going and getting softer and stuff like that. It's been a challenge for my sex drive too. Not only do I feel like my hormones are shit, but then on top of that, my body feels nasty. I don't uh, like when I'm fit guy. I am definitely the yeah, dude. The lights are off. Walks around naked around the house. You know, brushing his teeth naked in the kitchen downstairs naked. Just walking because I feel good. I feel like I look good. You know, when I don't. I'm the guy who goes, turns everything off, lights one candle, then gets naked. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, <laughs> there's definitely two versions of me. And when I'm feeling myself, 
I think that that's a that those are all important things for me uh, to prime for the bedrooms. So. Yeah, I've had to learn a lot, you know, in this in this department as far as like tactics are concerned and priming. Uh, and it's all, it's hilarious because for me, it, it, it revolves around doing something intentionally super nice, like out of my norm to get her attention. You know what I mean? Like I'll, um, if it's anything around the house, that's like, um, something that I, I, she has mentioned like a long time ago, but we've all forgotten. Like, I'll just like, oh yeah. And then I'll just like fix something or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go and, and, uh, I'll take the kids out. Uh, for for a couple hours. That's why he's such a handyman. Without like, honestly, <laughs> hey, it's a skill set, hey, you gentlemen. Just, you just gave yourself away. Right now. Now, everybody's every time you post like your little oh, projects, oh, everyone's like, Justin's trying to get oh, laid. Man, oh no, everybody's on to me no, now. Dude, gave you that up. literally is the reason. Come on, why else would I do that shit? I can hire somebody to do that. Please, I'll do it with my shirt off. I'll have like jeans oh, on. God. You know what I'm saying? That's like so gave yourself. It is up. a move, gentlemen. It is a move. <laughs> you just have your tool belt. On. <laughs> yeah. you know honestly I mean? that's that's the next level I, i've been working my way up to yeah. that you know like you know get the full outfit going yeah. no for, for for me what we've lately uh really found to be incredible uh foreplay is cooking together cooking oh, together oh man i love that we're now we have another food sponsor like butcher box because we'll get that and i'll throw on the grill and we'll just prepare food together and sometimes share a glass of wine or something like that and it's it's the sexiest thing. Like, rarely will the meal end. Rarely will we eat the food right afterwards. It's usually like, oh, we got time to have sex before we eat or whatever. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's slow cook these fuckers. And like, oh, my God. Shit's on fire. Yeah. I know, yeah. honey. I know. I, I don't know, man. You yeah. get Once you get it going, you know what I mean? You can't stop. But, well, they're, but they're, cooking together, good conversation is another one. Yeah. Um, you know, Jessica's- uh, Definitely. She's a, uh, she likes the intellectual stuff, too. So if we get into really deep conversations about- theoretical things that's always a turn on just because i think look it's it's no different than going for a walk i think you takes your mind off of the stressful stuff right mm-hmm. and when your mind is off the stressful stuff long enough then this this creative energy emerges and well, it allows you to be present yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you get like and, true connection that way eye to eye and you're having a great conversation there's nothing more powerful than that sexual sexual energy is creative energy it's the ultimate creative energy i mean i mean sex exists i mean biologically to create um you know life or whatever and i think it's a form of creative energy and just like you know if you want to write or you want to paint or you want to create something cool you can't be creative when you're thinking about a bunch of shit and you're stressed out so you got to put yourself in that space to be creative and then what will emerge is ideas or sexual energy and many times that's what happens with me is once we, I can get out of that space, whether we're cooking or watching something or having deep conversation, that creative energy emerges and it turns out that I'm, I can't tell you, I mean, especially after my divorce, I was all kinds of stress going on where, you know, I'd be sitting with Jessica and the last thing on my mind would be sex. And then we would start getting this real deep conversation. And, and next thing you know, I'm like, oh shit. Well, one of the things, one of the things you do not want to do is have your cell phone around. I think yeah. that unless it, it's porn on it. Well, this this time, yeah. <laughs> does this, that work? Damn it, <laughs> it doesn't work for me. In this time, right? That like it's never been like this. At least for me, ever is that what a distraction that thing can be, and I really see it in our generation and the generation younger, right, than us. That 
you know, how often do you see people at even like date settings, you know, where it's just a guy and a girl and they're both got their phones out and they're staring at them. And, you know, and, and I'm not judging because I can do this. I can become this person very easily. There's always an email or something that I can be working on my phone. And so being the entrepreneur that we all are, right, it becomes really easy to justify that. And that that what that's doing is taking you away from that interaction with that person right then and there. And to me, one of the best things to prime the bedroom is to get rid of your you get rid of your electronics for literally a few hours before you plan to even be mm-hmm. at all intimate or with your partner because you know, I and I this has been something that I've been trying to go earlier and earlier. Like I remember when we first started talking about it after I read um Irresistible you know, I started like putting my phone down at seven. Now I've I've even cut back even further where what I try and do now is to answer all my social media questions or DMs or emails all in the morning. And because there's so many of them, I do it one more time at about four o'clock when I'm, when I'm leaving here. And, and that's it. Like no more. Like, and then after that, like as soon as I drive home, I come home and I'm like going upstairs, plug my phone in and I, I leave it alone. And then if I absolutely got to go look at numbers or analytics or some of the business stuff, I'll, I'll open up my laptop and I'll work on that at a, at a specific time. But other than that, and that's done a huge difference for me and just my interaction with Katrina for sure. Excellent. Uh, so if you haven't checked out our show notes yet, you are missing out. Go to mindpumpmedia.com and click on the, uh, what is it? What is the part they click? Is it the podcast tab? And then we have show notes and breaks down every single episode Basically, minute by minute. Um, And we also have links on there to the studies that we cite sometimes in the show. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.